Welcome back to Podcast 100 of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at The Ozbreakers. And follow us on social media slash The Ozbreakers. This episode is brought to you by this season. For the best contests in all of sports, please visit www.thesn.com slash OB. Play for thousands of dollars with thousands of people across the land. If you'd like to support the Ozbreakers and benefit from our premium plays, please visit theozbreakers.com, click shop, and become a member. Pick any for winning cappers to get the premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit the Ozbreakers and become a free picks and telegram subscriber. We are at our last show for 2023, and we made it to 100 episodes. In the six years that we've been doing this, well, since 2017, Never had 100 episodes, got in the 90s a few times, but was really happy to bring 100 actual episodes of the Odds Breakers to you. This is our 555th show, and we are excited for 2024 because we keep going strong. So, massive weekend coming up of sports, obviously. College bowls are getting bigger and bigger. You have the best teams playing this weekend i can't wait to talk about that i have our final breakdowns of these games coming up in a few minutes but we also have a great guest for nfl week 17 in mike north from espn 1000 and the odds couple mike a great guest of this show fan favorite can't wait for mike to come on and break down a little football and maybe talk a little baseball too for the 2024 year. Before we get into all that, I just want to take the time to thank you guys for listening to this show. Some of you guys are new. Many of you guys have been there since day one, or at least the earlier years. I We are so appreciative of you guys here at the Oddsbreakers and the fact that you check in on us and uh, give some feedback and ask some questions and just uh, straight up love to talk sports. I wanted to just let you know how appreciative I am of all of that and the fact that I get to sit here and talk sports and be right some of the times and be wrong many of the times as well. You know, it's uh, it it feels good to get feedback and it feels good that we are, you know, doing a good service for people out there that are new to sports betting or even uh, people that are advanced in sports betting. Everybody learns something new every single day and uh, just so happy to be learning here myself and uh, try to be a part of just purveying information that is relevant to our beloved industry. So huge shout out to you guys for always being there for us. All right. Also wanted to mention an agenda change for next week. We will still be doing our earlier show throughout the rest of the NFL season until we start talking Super Bowl props, at least. But uh, it, we're, we're going to be moving to a basketball focus after January 1st. Uh, there's still going to be some NFL involved in it, for sure. But our podcast will come out on Friday morning and will be recorded around the same time on uh, Thursday with our guest uh, live on YouTube, if you ever want to follow along live and ask questions. But... 
probably looking at noon to two o'clock uh, Thursdays for the live interview on YouTube, on Twitter, and uh, the rest of the podcast usually gets recorded a little bit early. But if you ever want to join in live on YouTube, we always welcome that. And then uh, Friday, the plays will come in for the weekend basketball games, just like we do in the beginning of the season, starting into March and getting into March Madness. I can't wait for March Madness every single year at this time, uh, getting more and more excited about college basketball. So that's going to be our agenda. We will also take any questions from you at info at the oddsbreakers.com. All right. Without further ado, let's get into some college football bowl games and close this baby out, starting with Friday, December 29th. Now, remember, all information and spreads are subject to change here. There's a lot of changing happening. As a matter of fact, Iowa's uh, uh, spread just dropped a little bit against Tennessee because Joe Milton just announced that he's not going to be uh, playing in the bowl game. He's opting out himself. So uh, that's how quickly changes can actually happen. But either way, uh, Friday we have the first bowl, number 22, Kentucky versus Clemson. Clemson is minus five. The total is 46. This game is played at Everbank Stadium in Jacksonville, Florida at noon uh, on December 29th. Kentucky's motivation's high. A great game selection for an undeserving team. Uh, and the Clemson's is medium. Dabo gets his guys up for games, even if they're not playoffs. So I've noticed that about Dabo. So not too worried about it. Key guys missing Clemson. Bo Collins, wide receiver, starter, uh, will transfer. Offensive line, Mitchell Mays will transfer. Stud starting safety, Andrew Makuba to transfer. Cornerback, uh, Nate Wiggins to transfer. Uh, starting linebacker, Jeremiah Trotter to transfer. Defensive lineman, Rook uh, Orhoro. <laughs> I honestly do not know how to pronounce this. O-R-H-O-R-H-O-R-O. -O -O. <laughs> He's going to transfer. Defensive tackle, uh, Tyler Davis, is also going to enter the NFL draft. For Kentucky, the only thing you're missing right now is starting edge Keaton Wade. So much less people uh, leaving for Kentucky. Clemson's net yards per play is about even, only a .05 advantage. Uh, basic stats, Kentucky's defense is pretty good. Clemson had a uh, uh, just kind of an average running game, ranking for 53rd in rushing yards per attempt. Uh, Kentucky was ranked 24th in rushing yards per attempt, but both defense are both defenses are very solid against the run. Uh, Kentucky's looks a little better at only allowing 3.33 rushing yards per attempt, but Clemson at 3.75 isn't bad. Uh, QBR, Clemson's defense was fantastic, ranking fourth in opponent QBR, while Kentucky's defense ranks 94th. Now, Clemson offense is a problem there. Clay Kubnick did not throw the ball uh, extremely well. So that is definitely something to think about as well, but I believe that he does uh, play in this bowl game himself. So keep that in mind. Key stats is really that Clemson's D is top fourth in success rate in both against the run and against the pass. Their defense is fantastic, yet they're going to be missing some serious defensive guys, as I mentioned. Uh, co bowl coaching ATS, Dabo Sweeney, 12-7. and seven. Amazing numbers for him. And Mark Stoops for Kentucky, 3-3-1, three, three and one, right at 50%. Now my verdict, Clemson just has many guys sitting out, but 
You still have to respect the fact that the next guys up for Clemson are highly talented, highly ranked individuals. Uh, Kentucky was kind of the Penn State of the SEC over the past few years. They would kind of bully the bad teams, just get smoked against the good teams. Uh, this this team kind of had a nice signature win, I thought, versus Louisville uh, to become bowl eligible at the end of the season. But the loss to South Carolina the week before is just certainly a head scratcher. I have a very strong lean to Clemson, but man, I'm just going to wait. There's no reason to rush into this. You can have some more guys hold out on the Clemson side. That would, wouldn't surprise me. And even some more guys even on the Kentucky side. Lean Clemson minus the five points. The Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, number 19, Oregon State versus number 16, Notre Dame. Notre Dame is now minus six and a half. Total at 41.5. Location at Sun Bowl Stadium, El Paso, Texas. Oregon State's motivation, medium low. Coach is gone. This team has no conference right now. Man, real tough for this team. And then you go with the motivation for Notre Dame. I would say medium. They lost some guys, but some say will they will stay and, and try and ball for next year. So, um Tons of guys are missing here. Oregon State obviously lost John Smith, their coach, to Michigan State, while passing game coordinator Kefins Heiston is going to take over as the interim and cornerbacks coach Anthony Perkins will be the interim D.C. Uh, transfer poorly got starting quarterback D.J. Uyungalele is going to probably try to play again somewhere and not enter the NFL draft with a ton of quarterbacks. That probably a bad idea for any quarterback that's not elite to uh, stay. Uh, you know that that way you can might be selected next year. Backup quarterback Aiden Childs is uh, also transferring, and quarterback Ben Gulbertson will start uh, after starting the final eight games of 2022. So Ben Gulbertson has been there. Stud starting linebacker Easton uh, Mascarenas Arnold is out. He's their leading tackler. Stud starting safety, Akil Arnold is gone. Cornerback, Jermad uh, McCoy is gone. Uh, place kicker, Atticus Sappington, which is the greatest uh, name in college football, is transferring, so they might not have a kicker. <laughs> and then there's opt-outs. Uh, wide receiver, Anthony Gold. Starting right tackle, Talise Fuaga. And running back, Damian Martinez, is unlikely to play in the bowl game. After being arrested, how nice. There are also a couple injuries, starting left tackle Joshua Gray and left guard uh, Hanail Bloomfield. Both missed the finale, so I'm not sure if they're playing. Um, Notre Dame coaching changes. Offensive coordinator Gerard Parker will take the head coaching job at Troy. Uh, transfer portal, there's a, just a ton of dudes. Uh, I mean, so wide receiver Rico Flores, wide receiver Tobias Merriweather, tight end Holden stays, wide receiver Chris Tyree, wide receiver Braden James, starting center Zeke Corral, or Corral defensive end Nana Osafa Mensa, uh, safety Ramon Henderson. Then there's just a bunch of opt-outs. Obviously, the quarterback's the biggest one, and Sam Hartman, but two more offensive tackles that are starters. It, these guys are both playing on skeleton crews, you know. I, Notre Dame lost more, but they're more talented. I mean, I can go over net yards per play, Notre Dame plus 1.24. I, you have to throw everything out. Throw everything out the window. Uh, you're playing recruits versus recruits, and 
I feel like the motivation should be a little bit higher on Notre Dame, uh, unless Oregon State's going to try to use this as a maybe stepping stone for next year. It's it, it's just so much turmoil in this game. I guess it just make you lean the dog, but I I don't even know how you put a number on this game, you know. Um, I, Notre Dame's got a little more talent, so that's why they're the favorite. I'm not playing this game. I'm passing on this game. No reason to jump into something that you completely do not know. Liberty Bowl, Memphis versus Iowa State. Iowa State minus 10.5 total is 57.5 at Nissan Stadium in Memphis, Tennessee. So Memphis's motivation is going to be high. Nice to play a Power 5 team in a nice bowl. Iowa State's motivation, medium, low. Not sure what to think of the clones here. I would personally rather just check out Nash Vegas, as I mentioned earlier myself in a different podcast. But uh, Memphis is playing at home. Um, but you're going to get some Ohio- Iowa State fans, in my opinion. So it is a home game for Memphis. But Memphis is missing some key guys. Starting right guard, Davian Carter, is going to transfer. Starting left tackle, Macklin Pounders, is going to transfer. Backup quarterback, Tevin Carter, to transfer. Cornerback, Julian Barnett, didn't play in the finale due to injury. And edge, Andres Fox, missed the final two games due to injury. From the o- Iowa State side of things, uh, kind of a... Part-time running back Eli Sanders is transferring. Uh, starting safety Malik Verndon is injured, actually, but he still might play. And uh, another questionable safety, Ben Nickel. Potential opt-outs would be starting cornerback TJ Tampa of 747 snaps, but I didn't see that he opt-outed yet. Net yards per play is positive 0.85 for Iowa State. And, uh, you know, the basic stats really favor Iowa State's offense against Memphis's defense. Memphis only ranks 113th in opponent yards per play, 6.17. While Iowa State's offense is not as bad as it has been in the past, 6.11 yards per play. Uh, big discrepancy there. They have advantages in the run game and the pass game. Iowa State's defense has been very solid, ranking 24th in uh, opponent yards per play, while Memphis is at... 25th in yards per play so somewhat of a push there but I just think that Iowa State's defense is the best uh, unit on the field Iowa State's strength of schedule ranking 16th is much harder than Memphis's ranking 109th and that's the key stat and all you need to know right there uh Ryan Silverfield is from Memphis is two and one ATS in bowl games Matt Campbell three and five verdict Iowa State's offensive numbers haven't been great but their defense is just really what made this team win some big games you know, versus Kansas State and Oklahoma State, they improved as their year progressed. I don't like the fact that Memphis is going to be without two starting offensive linemen, maybe three starting offense, offensive linemen when it's all said and done here. Also, uh, a cornerback, edge, a few other guys. You know, it, that's that's really the reason why this spread is 10.5. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to play this. I think that it's probably a good number. Uh, Iowa State, better conference, better school, better numbers, yet some small questions. So unfortunately, I don't have a play on this. And uh, if anything, I would lean to the under. Uh, 57.5 is kind of high. I know Memphis plays pretty fast, and they're a terrible defensive team, and Iowa State might be able to keep putting on the points, but that's another reason why this spread is uh, 
so high in the first place. Lean under, that's all I have for you on this one. Cotton Bowl, number nine, Missouri versus number seven, Ohio State. Ohio State's now minus two. Total is 49 at AT&T Stadium in Dallas. Missouri's motivation is going to be high. They get a BCS Bowl versus Ohio State. Nice reward. Ohio State's motivation is medium. I'm going to be careful here. I think that Ryan Day does get his kids up, even though you think they shouldn't be getting up. They they like to win these bowl games. You saw it before uh, in the Rose Bowl a couple years ago against Utah. Key guys missing for Missouri, none. Head coach Eli Drinkwitz expects everyone on this team to be available, and key guys missing for Ohio State. Starting uh, quarterback Kyle McCord, 703 snaps. Devin Brown should be healthy enough to start the backup. Wide receiver Julian Fleming, 552 snaps. Cornerback Jair Brown, 48 snaps. And just uh, running back Chip Trainum, 85 carries. And the opt-outs is Mayan Williams, a running back, 107 snaps. Hasn't played since week eight. Potential opt-outs to watch. And Marvin Harrison's not potential anymore. He has actually opted out. And that was expected, you know. I expected Marvin Harrison to opt out. But some also re- just recently added to list starting defensive tackle Michael Hall has opted out. Some other potential ones, tight end Cade Stover, uh, safety Josh Prockner, defensive end JT Tuiamolo, defensive tackle Michael Hall, and linebacker Tommy Eichenberg. But they haven't yet, <laughs> you know. So I don't know. What do you What do you think? Um, I wish I was closer to the team. I would understand if they were going to play. I think uh, all five of those guys out uh, would make Missouri the favorite right now. I think Ohio State's a fair favorite. Ohio State net yards per play plus one point two six over Missouri. Now Missouri was a wonderful team this year, but. You know, they just don't have the talent Ohio State has. Missouri's offense, number 15th in yards per play, but Ohio State's defense was number third in yards per play. Ohio State's offense, number 17 in yards per play. Missouri's defense, only 57th in yards per play. Key stats is Ohio State's defense just ranks third in opponent yards per play. I mean, they're they're the much best, definitely the best unit on the field. I do like Missouri's offense, don't get me wrong, wrong and uh Cook was number 15th in QBR this year, but Ohio State's defense, third in opponent QBR. So I just want more information here. Eli Drinkwitz against the spread is 2-0. Ryan Day is 2-3, but he's had much harder bowl games, as you know, because a lot of them were playoffs. The verdict is really in the perfect world. Ohio State would be favored by 10 or so points, but probably 10 or 11 points. But the motivation and the opt-out is huge. Uh, Ohio State did lose Julian Fleming, and I think that's kind of important too. Uh, I also think that it's nice that some of these guys have announced they're going to play it. The wide receiver, Emeka Ibuka, he was a good receiver. I think he was better than Fleming. Left guard, Donovan Jackson, defensive end, Jack Sawyer, Tyleek Williams, defensive tackle, is going to play. So there's plenty of guys that are going to play. Uh, in this bowl game for Ohio State. So that's that's important. And that's why the spread is flipping back, you know. Man, uh, I would lean Ohio State with this number, but I just want more information on those final five guys. Uh, I Just like I said, this, this is Ryan Day. These guys, much more talent on the bottom end than Missouri has. Uh, just going to wait this one out, but... You don't have to play it. It's going to be a fun game to watch. Maybe sometimes it's best not to play it and uh, just enjoy it like 
other sports that you watch. Saturday, December 30th, the Peach Bowl, number 11, Ole Miss versus number 10, Penn State. Penn State minus four, total is 48.5 in Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. Ole Miss's motivation is going to be high. Penn State's a good matchup and a great bowl, and Penn State's motivation is going to be high as well. Great bowl for the bullies of the Big Ten. No home field advantage. Keys guys missing Penn State. Just defensive end, Chop Robinson's opting out. Potential opt-outs, cornerback Kalen King, cornerback Johnny Dixon, uh, Theo Johnson tight end, and offensive tackle Alumiwa Fashanu. Can't even say his name. Fashanu. 722 snaps for him declared for the NFL draft, and so did tight end Theo Johnson. Now for Ole Miss, starting right tackle Micah Pettis and starting edge Cedric Johnson is opting out uh, of this of this bowl game. So not a lot for Ole Miss. Just also had some word that uh, the offensive t- tackle Fashanu might play in this game anyway he's going to uh travel with the team so i find that interesting here and uh it looks like quarterback kalen king is also going to play in this game linebacker curtis jacobs is going to play as well so they have a few guys missing but not much you know just a a receiver that hasn't played since week nine uh a couple a defensive end in a corner really so Pretty good shape for Penn State, and looks like this number's kind of moving up a little bit to four and a half. And uh, let's take a look here. Uh, Penn State, Penn State has a plus .35 net yard per play advantage. Now the basic stats is Penn State's defense just fantastic, number one in yards per play, and uh, number two an opponent yards per rush, number eight in QBR. So as good as. Ole Miss's offense has been number 61 in rushing uh, yards per rush and number 12 in QBR. Penn State matches up quite well with it. While uh, Ole Miss's defense, not the worst, just kind of middle of the road. But Penn State's offense ranks 40th in yards per rush. Singleton is obviously a very good running back here. Looks like he's playing in this bowl game. The key stats are really that Penn State's defense is the best unit on the field. Uh, ATS Lane Kiffin not that good at Ole Miss two and four in his history of bowl season and James Franklin is seven and four so that really favors James Franklin this is a perfect number for these two teams I think at 3.5 to 4.5 here Uh, I do expect this number to drop if you have any more surprises and opt-outs for the Lions but the truth is that Penn State should be able to run all over this team uh, with Ole Miss only ranking 86th in defensive rushing success rate. So even though they rank uh, 3.9, 49th in opponent yards per rush at 3.9, their success rate, they give up a lot of success in it. If it's like third and four, they give up a lot of first downs. That's what success rate really means. Uh, Ole Miss is going to be motivated, though. And uh, they seem to struggle, though, against good defenses. And uh, I guess the only good defense they beat this year was Texas A&M. But I'm not going to make a play right now. You have to remember with James Franklin that he is a ATS-type coach. He knows what the spread is, and he's always trying to cover. So if they're, let's just say, up by by three or four points, uh, and they could run the clock out, they might just kick a field goal. 
instead of running the clock out. I mean, you know, he'll run it down to two just to add the points. That's how this dude is, man. Very disrespectful, but that's Franklin for you. I don't like betting against James Franklin. No play right now, but I'll consider Penn State later when I learn a little bit more about what's going on. Music City Bowl, Maryland versus Auburn. Auburn minus seven now. Total is 47 at Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee. Maryland's motivation's high. It's a great bowl for this school, and Auburn's motivation's high. Hugh Freeze, 5-1 and one against the spread in bowl games, usually gets his kids up. Auburn is missing a few guys. Wide receiver Malcolm Johnson, only 312 snaps, though, kind of a part-time wide receiver's transferring. Cornerback DJ James, starting quarterback, is going to opt out. Other starting quarterback, Namaya Pritchett, is opting out. And defensive tackle Marcus Harris is opting out at 533 snaps. Maryland, starting tight end Corey Dykes is going to transfer. Uh, Starting running back Antoine Littleton, actually part-time running back, 244 snaps is going to transfer. Starting linebacker Jayshon Barnum is going to transfer. And cornerback Corey Coley uh, lost his job late in the year. Opt-out's the biggest one. Uh, Quarterback Talia Tungaviola, 780 snaps. Billy Edwards Jr., who's played 45 stats, is going to start. Um, and maybe Cameron Edge will get some looks, who only played seven snaps this year. Starting cornerback Tarheeb still with 574 snaps is also going to opt out for the NFL draft. Now, Maryland has a plus .97 net yards per play, but, you know, the basic stats, Maryland's offense, terrible running team. Auburn's defense isn't great at stopping the run, so you get a push on that. Maryland's offense was pretty good at QBR, 49th for Tonga Viola, but... uh, Auburn's defense ranks 64th in opponent QBR now on the other side of the ball. Auburn's offense, 23rd in rushing. But Maryland's defense, not terrible. Only 3.49 allowed yards per rush. Uh, QBR, 120 on defense, ranking 21st. Now, Maryland quietly has a pretty good, darn good defense here. They rank 19th in net yards per play. But nothing's more key than the quarterback opting out here. So... Um, that's massive. Now, Mike Loxley isn't a bad bull coach either. He's 2-0 and against the spread himself. So that is massive. Hugh Freeze, I said 5-1, and but I think he might even be 6-1 and in bowl games. I'm just going to check that. Uh, yeah, 6-1 and in bowl games. My verdict here, I think that playing this bowl game is going to, it would hurt, uh, Talia Tungaviola's draft stock more than it would help him. So it's a smart move to opt out. Now, the best thing for him is he just needs to hope his backups don't do that well. Um, and they struggle against kind of a suspect Auburn defense. This number's grown too big for my tastes. Um, both coaches are good against the spread, as I mentioned. Uh, I wrote to take Maryland past the seven if slash when it happens. I mean, I'm on a great number for Auburn right now, but just not even thinking about that, uh, I would take Maryland. Uh, Auburn should not be laying massive points, even with Hugh Freeze being that good ATS. Uh, I like Maryland's defense, and even though they lost a few guys here, it isn't enough really to make this number, in my opinion, go past the seven. So, yeah, I'll be strongly to Maryland at seven. I might even play it at seven if it doesn't get any better. Uh, before that game kicks off. Orange Bowl, 
Number six, Georgia versus number five, Florida State. Florida State now is a plus 17.5 point dog. Total is 44.5 in Hard Rock Stadium in Miami, Florida. Georgia's motivation is medium high. They didn't accomplish their goals, but Kirby might want to prove something here. He has a good bowl ATS at eight and three. Now Florida State's motivation. I said hi at one time, but now I'm not so th- I'm not thinking that anymore. I'm changing it to medium. Um, now the only way to save face, like I said, is prove the committee wrong. But now they have a ton of guys opting out. Combine that with Mike Lock- Mike Norvell. 0-5 against the spread in bowl games. There's no home field advantage here. Maybe even more for Georgia. If I'm a Florida State fan, I'm not going here. Georgia, you got some guys transferring. I mean, not a lot of big guys, some backups here. Uh, just wide receiver and uh, punt returner, Mikai Muse, 750-plus all-purpose yards. Uh, offensive linebacker, Marvin Jones Jr., uh, a backup linebacker. Uh, starting linebacker uh, Jamon Dumas Johnson or Dumas Johnson, uh, three hundred thirty-six snaps, missed the final four games. Then you have some opt-outs. Obviously, Brock Bowers going to the draft, five hundred twenty snaps, was injured a little bit of the year, and then offensive tackle Marius Mims, two hundred ninety-seven snaps, potential opt-outs. Offensive guard Tate Ratledge, cornerback Kamari Lassiter, and defensive lineman Nazir Stackhouse, but nothing yet on that. Florida State. Injuries, Jordan Travis obviously out for the year, but now backup Tate Roadmaker is opting out too. Britt putting them that sad third string quarterback that played in the championship game against Louisville uh, here. And now transfer portal starting to load up here for uh, Florida State's losing starting linebacker DJ Lundy, starting defensive lineman Joshua Farmer, offensive tackle Bless Harris, tight end Markinson Douglas. Opt-outs, oh, geez, starting wide receiver Johnny Wilson, starting wide receiver Keon Coleman, starting tight end Jaheim Bell, starting running back Trey Benson, starting defensive end Jared Verse, starting defensive tackle Fabian Lovett, starting safety Akeem Dent, starting cornerback Renardo Green, starting cornerback Jerrion Jones, and then you have a bunch of injuries. Starting wide receiver Rara Thomas didn't dress for the SEC game. I have no idea what it's going to be. Starting off at tackle Amarius Mims left the game with an injury. There's, this has just got really out of hand for Florida State. Georgia has a plus .55 net yard per play advantage, but the stats aren't going to matter as much. Georgia has less guys opting out here, and nothing is more key than Jordan Travis, obviously. Uh, the way they look at it is, you know, we got screwed, and we're not even going to play this game. Now, unfortunately, Kirby Smart, 8-3 and three against the spread in bowl games, and this is a massive spread at 17.5. Mike Norvell, 0-5. If I'm Florida State, I would rather not play this game. But what, what they can't forfeit it because they're trying to get into the SEC and the Big Ten. That would probably piss them off. I mean, the best thing that could happen is everybody opts out and they say they can't feel the team for the bowl. You know, that would uh, set it up great because then the committee can't say, "Oh, uh, uh, you just got smoked by Georgia." They're in such a bad situation. I think the worst situation for what happened this year is them getting smoked by Georgia with a bunch of backups because, you know, those dingbats are going to be like, oh, we were right, you know, and even though smarter people don't believe it, years down the road they'll look at the numbers and be like, oh, this undefeated team got smoked in their bowl game. Who who knows what's going to happen? But, you know, I mean, Georgia's got a large edge on offense, being number five in success rate, fourth in EPA, and it's just hard to get a – 
a good read on who's going to play in this game for Georgia. I think you might still get some more opt-outs for Georgia. I took a bad number with Florida State because I thought they'd still show up and try to prove something here, but that's not going to happen, and I'm teasing my way out of it. I'm teasing my way out of it with another game, and I literally would lean Georgia at 17.5 right now. Um, uh, I I don't know who else is going to opt out this game, but um, uh, I'd be happy if somehow – Florida State gets out of playing this game just because of what happened to them and how horrible this uh, playoff committee has been personally. But right now, I'm just going to give you a lean to Georgia, unfortunately, based upon the massive amount of opt-outs for Florida State. The Arizona Bowl, Wyoming versus Toledo. Toledo plus three, total 44.5 in Arizona Stadium in Tucson, Arizona. This is like the Barstool Bowl. (laughs) You can watch it on their website or the CW Wyoming's motivation is going to be really high. Craig Bull announced his retirement. The kids like him. They're going to play hard for him. And Toledo's motivation is low. Jason Candle, 1-5 in five ATS in bowl games. I expect a low effort here. Key guys missing. Toledo starting quarterback Daquan Finn, uh, 850 snaps. You know, obviously, he was the, 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 the bell cow for Toledo. So, I mean, that's... It's massive going down to Tucker Gleason. He's going to start. He only had 69 snaps. And stud starting left guard Vinny Skiri for 838 snaps for Toledo. Potential opt-out stud cornerback Quinion Mitchell, 781 snaps. Now for for Wyoming, there's coaching changes because Craig Bull is going to retire after the Arizona Bowl. And offensive coordinator Tim Polisek is going to be the new head coach for North Dakota State, so I wonder if he's going to be there. Uh, transfer portal, starting cornerback Colby Taylor uh, didn't play the final two games. He's gone. Starting right tackle Caden Barnett had an injury and could miss this game, but not much. Obviously, there's a lot of guys coming back for this game for Wyoming. Net yards per play, Toledo's at a massive plus 1.24. Uh, basic stats would favor... Toledo, they have the better opponent QBR, number seven, while Wyoming's offense only ranks 52nd in QBR. Uh, Toledo's offense, you'd think, should be able to run on Wyoming, ranking 14th in yards per rush, while Wyoming's defense ranks 56th in opponent yards per rush. But the truth is, is that Toledo... Even though you think they should be able to move the football with a backup, there's just nothing more key in these situations that I've seen over the years than Craig Bull announcing retirement and coaching in this bowl. Also, you look at the ATS, Jason Candle, one in five ATS, Craig Bull, 12 and three, the best bowl ATS out of anybody. <laughs> Throw away the stats. I don't care about the 1.23 yards per play advantage, I don't care about the QBR advantage for Toledo. Uh, I don't care about the few guys opting out for Wyoming. This is a play in Wyoming. You want to play my Wyoming? I got a much better number than it, what it is right now. But I, I'm going to say money line minus 180. Still a good play here. In my opinion, this is the spot of all spots for motivation uh, difference in any of these bowl games. Take Wyoming on the money line minus 180. Get busy living or get busy dying. That's goddamn right. Next game, Monday, January 1st. 
New Year's Day, Wisconsin versus number 13, LSU. LSU minus 9.5, total 56. It's kind of creeping back up towards the 10. Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida. Wisconsin's motivation's high. Beating an SEC team would be great start to the year. And LSU, you, LSU's motivation should be medium-low, I think. Maybe it's medium. It's a good bowl game. But the, I think this team had higher aspirations. Uh, key guys missing. Wisconsin's missing a ton of guys now. Uh, running back Braylon Allen, starting center Tanner Bortinelli, uh, starting cornerback Jason Miter is going to the draft, starting wide receiver Tremere DK is to transfer, starting wide receiver Skyler Bell is going to transfer, offensive lineman Trey Wedig to transfer, starting linebacker Jordan Turner to transfer. I didn't think he was that good anyway. Starting defensive lineman Rodas Johnson is going to transfer, starting defensive end Darian Varner is going to transfer. I'm sorry, backup defensive end. Cornerback Alexander Smith hasn't played since week 11, so he could still be injured. Uh, wide receiver Bryson Green missed the final two games as well. And running back Jackson Acker didn't play in the final, but I expect him to play in this game. Now, LSU starting quarterback Sage Ryan is transferring. And a big opt-out with quarterback Jaden Daniels, obviously. Massive opt-out. Uh, Garrett Neusmeyer is going to start. Potential opt-outs to watch for LSU wide receiver Brian Thomas. Uh, and Malik Neighbors, who is probably the second pick of the receivers in the draft, hasn't opted out yet so i'm surprised i'm very surprised uh i i i assume they're going to but just not a lot of information here uh to go um i i expected more opt-outs out of lsu and lsu is a massive 2.16 net yard per play advantage because of that amazing number one offense they have number one in yards per play number one in yards per rush number one in qbr uh defense though not great. 105th in yards per play, 93rd in yards per rush, 93rd in QBR. While Wisconsin QBR wasn't good, ranking 117th, but Tanner Mordecai is supposed to play this game. He missed a few games this year, so that messed up the QBR numbers for Wisconsin. Some missing three games or four. Uh, Wisconsin can run the ball. Not as great without Braylon Allen, but the key stats is just LSU's number one in offensive EPA, while Wisconsin's number 38th on defense. Uh, bowl coaching ATS, Luke Fickle from Wisconsin's two for three, and Brian Kelly from LSU is six for nine. So neither have good ATS. Now the verdict, Wisconsin's just missing all those guys. Some I didn't expect, but the good news is that LSU's missing Heisman winner, Jaden Daniels, and the drop down to Garrett Neusmeyer, I think is significant. Um, this year in garbage time, Neusmeyer only had 33 attempts at 51.5% accuracy, or I should say completion percentage. Uh, don't matter if the receiver drops the ball. I played Wisconsin past the 10, but I wouldn't do that again. I lean LSU at the number. Even a bad quarterback should be able to move the ball against a weaker Wisconsin defense who's uh, lost uh, quite a few guys to transfer um few to the draft you know i i expected more holdouts for lsu and i'm not getting them but it doesn't mean it's not going to happen either so i'm a lean lsu right now at the nine and a half maybe even at the 10 but i'm gonna wait to see if i have to make any adjustments on this game uh because i took 10 in the hook earlier this month on Wisconsin. Citrus Bowl, number 21, Tennessee versus number 17, Iowa. Iowa plus six and a half total is 35.5. A 
Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida. Tennessee's motivation is just medium. Not sure what the big need is here for a big performance against a team with no offense. And Iowa's motivation is high. This team earned a great bowl game based upon punting the ball. <laughs> no home field advantage. Uh, key guys missing. Iowa, Deontay Vines, wide receiver to transfer, who probably never got a pass. And backup quarterback, Spencer Petras to Utah State. Injuries, uh, star cornerback, punt returner, Cooper DeJean, 705 snaps was lost uh, in week 11. He's most likely out in starting right tackle. Jennings Dunker, 661 snaps, didn't play in the Big Ten final. Starting quarterback, Cade McNamara, was lost a long time ago, obviously. And tight end Eric All and tight end Luke Lackey uh, were all lost earlier in the season. But Lackey might return for this bowl, so I find that interesting. He was probably their best pass catcher for the Hawkeyes Tennessee missing decent amount of guys four top cornerbacks are transferring you know they don't need to say their names just two starters and two backups and edge Tyler Barron is going to transfer starting quarterback Joe Milton just like I said earlier announced he's going to opt out and uh starting running back Jalen Wright to opt out as well Tennessee also has some injuries. Right guard Javantez Spragans was inactive for the final. Left guard Andres Karik hasn't played since week nine. Right tackle Brian Grant. Uh, starting safety Wesley Walker. And defensive lineman Omar Norman Lott. Defensive end Roman Harrison, 301 snaps. And uh, Tennessee also previously lost wide receiver Brew McCoy. Cornerback Kamal Hayden. Uh, 311 snaps for him. Wide receiver Dante Thornton uh, and linebacker Arian Carter. Tennessee's pretty beat up here. Tennessee normally would has have a nice net yards per play at plus 1.43. I mean, but look at all the guys they're missing here. The key stats is that Iowa is really dead last in an offensive EPA. But you know what? That's not how they cover games. That's not how they win games. They win games with defense and punting the ball. Kirk Ferentz in bowl games, 12-6-1 ATS. Josh Heupel is 2-for-3. Tennessee's without a bunch of corners, but that doesn't matter against the worst, most pathetic offense in bowl games. Um, I just think that this is going to be a very ugly, low-scoring game. I don't want to fade Ferentz at all. 67% in a large sample side of bowl games. I think the under might be a play, but you know what? Now with the new information with Joe Milton out, I did take Iowa. I took him at plus six and a half. They have much less guys holding out, um, and Iowa's deep, Tennessee's defense could be very suspect because of that. Their defense was pretty good this year, but this might be like an ugly five to three type game, ten to six, something like that. I'll take the six and a half points all day with one of the best uh bowl coaches ats perspective in kirk ference the fiesta bowl number 23 liberty versus number eight oregon oregon minus 17 total 65.5 in state farm stadium in glendale arizona liberty's motivation can be very high they get to play for an undefeated season against a great team prove it baby oregon's motivation is medium low maybe try to save further embarrassment but i expect a lot of opouts yeah that really hasn't happened yet <laughs> uh key guys missing Liberty has some transfers. Starting quarterback Preston Hodge, 690 snaps. Defensive end or defensive lineman Kendi Charles, 336 snaps. Defensive end Brian Whitehead, 238 snaps. 
Uh, backup quarterback Jonathan Bennett and safety backup safety Jalen Jimerson. Injury starting linebacker Jerome Jolly and safety Akori Jones didn't play in the conference title game. I, I would say keep any eyes out for Liberty's starting quarter, quarterback uh, Caden Salter. He'd move this line into the 20s if he's out, but he still hasn't opted out. And you have Oregon. Just a few guys, you know, just guys like wide receiver Chris Hudson, who hasn't played much, is opting out uh, or transferring. Backup quarterback Ty Thompson is transferring. Opt-outs, starting center Jackson Powers Johnson will not play in the bowl. Starting wide receiver Troy Franklin and starting cornerback Kyrie Jackson not a ton, but there's a bunch of potential guys that you have to wait on still. Dan Lanning said quarterback Bo Nix and running back Bucky Irving is going to play in the bowl game. That's huge. Starting defensive lineman Brandon Dolores will also play defense uh, injuries. Cornerback Jaleel Florence, about 392 snaps, missed the final two games. And wide receiver kick returner Gary Bryant Jr., 511 snaps, didn't play in the conference title game is questionable. Oregon has a nice plus 1.08 net yards per play advantage. They are tops in that in the whole nation anyway. Um, I mean, if you look at the basic stats, you know, Liberty had a wonderful offense ranking number four in yards per play, number two in yards per rush, number three in QBR. But Oregon's defense is pretty good. 23rd and opponent yards per rush, 16th and opponent QBR in a much harder conference than Liberty. And obviously, Oregon should just be able to move the ball at will here. Liberty is not good against the run, ranking 83rd in success rate, while Oregon is number two in rushing success rate. So the truth is, I don't think Liberty is going to stop Oregon, even with a few guys missing. Uh, Coach uh, Jamie Chadwell is only 0-2 against the spread in bowl games. I figured he would have been better. Dan Lanning is 0-1, being this is his second postseason game. I'm surprised that Oregon has less opt-outs like a team like Tennessee or Georgia, but here we are. Uh, I'm shocked that Bo Nix is playing. I think it's a stupid decision for Bo. He's not going to help his stock at all in this game, and maybe he just wants to do it for his school, but is his school giving him massive insurance policy? I don't know. Uh, I personally would go to the draft um, unless I'm getting a massive number to play in this game. Um, I I think Oregon's just going to score at will, but the truth is if the Ducks have a weakness, it's against the run themselves, ranking 39th in opponent rushing success rate. Liberty's number three at rushing success rate, and the truth is Liberty's motivation should be a lot bigger. But if it's not, then Oregon could probably cover this spread. So uh, I think that you have to wait a little bit, but I'm going to lean the Liberty at the 17.5. I... I, I'm not a big fan of it. I, I played Liberty at a much worse number, and I'm getting out of it, teasing it with Georgia because I'm getting out of those two bets personally. But um, right now, I would lean Liberty still past the 17 and a half, but just a just a lean, in my opinion. I I don't think that uh, I would play this unless I got from some more information on Liberty's quarterback. Imagine if that quarterback doesn't play. Uh, at the very end here, uh, Caden Salter was fantastic. Next game, we are in the College Football Invitational, the Rose Bowl, Alabama versus Michigan. 
Michigan minus one and a half total, 45.5 at Rose Bowl Stadium, Pasadena, California. Been there twice. Beautiful place. Alabama's motivation, Michigan's motivation, always high. You know, it's the so-called playoffs. Bama's not missing anybody, really, and Michigan's only missing stud starting right guard Zach Zinter. 649 snaps was lost for the season towards the end of the season. Net yards per play favors Michigan, plus .42. Basic stats, Alabama's offense, only average rushing team. Michigan's defense, number six in opponent rushing yards per attempt. But both QBR is a push. Alabama's offense is sixth, and Michigan's QBR on defense is sixth. Now, from the other side of the ball, uh, Michigan's offense, only 6.12 yards per play, but Alabama's defense gives up 4.94 yards per play, ranking 16th. You know, yards per rush, Bama's defense is a little bit better, ranking 33rd in opponent yards per rush, while Michigan's offense is only at 72nd. I find that strange because they're two great running backs in Blake Corum and Edwards. I would have expected better from Michigan there. But QBR-wise, Michigan's offense is number fifth just because of how talented they are in the offensive line. Um, I just thought that J.J. McCarthy had it easy. And maybe he's a pro prospect. I don't know. He's been mentioned many times to possibly be a Heisman candidate. Of course, Jaden Daniels got it, but I I I think some of it's real. I I think he's a pretty good quarterback. Then you look on the other side of things. Alabama's quarterback, hot and cold for Milton, and you saw him cold and you saw him hot and. He was cold until the very last play of that game where his receiver made a great play. He put it in the spot where he can catch it, and a little push-off was not called there. You know, So they're fortunate to win against Auburn. Uh, key stats, Michigan is third in EPA margin, while Alabama is 24th in EPA margin, and that is adjusted for opponent. Some say Alabama had the harder schedule, but I'm not seeing that. They played Georgia, but I thought the SEC was a little bit down when they beat LSU. LSU was banged up. You know, they were. Texas A&M's incompetent. You know, Arkansas's terrible, and they only won by three points. Michigan had to play Ohio State. They had to play Penn State. You know, I, I guess that's their toughest games. They beat a very overrated Iowa team in the game easily, but it wasn't their offense. It was their defense that did it. Uh, coaching Bowl ATS, Nick Saban is 12-8. and eight. At Alabama and Jim Harbaugh is three and six at Michigan because he just was such a bad bull coach uh, over the years. Um, the verdict is that this spread is small, and I don't understand all this love for Alabama minus their history. Not long ago, Alabama should have lost to Auburn. They, too close with Arkansas, too close with AM. The loss to Texas. What's Michigan done? Well, I mean, at least they've beaten all their competition by margin, minus Ohio State at the very end. Uh, but Ohio State's top four in my power ratings. I also thought Georgia had kind of a bad game when they played Alabama. I thought Georgia was the better team. It just had a bad game. Best unit on the field, Michigan's defense. It's definitely the best unit in the field. But the intangibles is another reason why I like Michigan. Positive net yards per play advantage, and this team came back for each other for a reason a lot of these guys stuck together came back for this season to make the third time the charm uh i think that this team has the experience now to win this whole thing and i think they do win the whole thing i like them to beat alabama i took them on the money line to beat alabama 
and I think they're going to uh, figure out Jalen Milrow. A defense like that with a good coach like John, uh, Jim Harbaugh is going to do it. I like Michigan on the money line at minus 118. And so then I got a call from him saying, we don't have to worry about money no more. And I said, that's good. One less thing. Finally, the last game, the Sugar Bowl. Number three, Texas versus number two, Washington. Washington plus four, total is 64 in New Orleans, Louisiana at Caesar Superdome. Natty's on the line. Uh, high motivation as usual. Texas is only missing starting running back Jonathan Brooks, who was lost for the season a few weeks back, and Washington isn't missing anybody significant. Yet yards per play, believe it or not, it's almost a push, but Washington has a very slight advantage at .06. Basic stats, Washington number fifth in yards per play against Texas's defense at number 27th in opponent yards per play. Uh, Washington isn't that much of a running team, ranking 40th in yards per rush, 48th, I mean. Texas's defense ranks fifth in opponent yards per rush, but QBR-wise, Washington's offense ranking 11th in QBR, Texas's defense 34th in opponent QBR. Uh, Texas's offense ranks 25th in rushing yards per rush, 4.93, and Washington's defense is only 79th. 78th, giving up 4.26 yards per rush. Not terrible, but not good. That's their weakness. And uh, QBR, Texas's offense, 154.49 at 19th. Ewers has been fantastic. And Washington's defense, 122.64. And opponent QBR ranking 32nd. So Washington's defense is much better against the pass. Washington only ranks 128th in defensive rushing success rate as well. So Teams have success running the ball, but I also kind of think that is attributed a little bit to their prevent defense. Coach Bull ATS, Steve Sarkeesian at Texas is 2-3, and three, and Kalen DeBoer, Washington 1-0 verdict. If Texas can just run this ball all day and keep Washington's offense off the field, they can win this game, and then they maybe cover the spread. Unfortunately for the Longhorns, that is just not Steve Sarkeesian. That's not how he operates. He loves to throw the ball too much, and he's going to get caught making those mistakes. That's their downfall. Washington has a much better team out of the elements, as you've seen, than they do in the elements. Their last couple games against Washington State and Oregon State were bad. Then they go play in the Dome in Vegas, and they just worked Oregon. <laughs> you know, worked them. I think that Texas has issues. And turnovers are really going to be key in this game. But the issues with Texas is they, even though they play up to their competition, there's just a coaching mismatch. You know, Kalen DeBoer is better than Sarkeesian. The intangibles. Last year, same quarterbacks. Washington beat Texas. In Texas, by the way, 27 to 20. Same starting quarterbacks. So, Besides the Alabama game, I think Texas has had a pretty easy schedule. They also barely got by Kansas State with the backup quarterback and with TCU. I think that uh, Washington is the kind of team that's taking the underdog role. They feel that they are the underdog, and that's how they've been approaching the season. That's how they approached the last game against Oregon. Texas is vulnerable. They lost to Oklahoma back in October. I can see some interceptions being thrown by yours yards for plays almost equal this spread is wrong this spread is wrong and i think that washington wins this game outright play washington plus four 
and play them a little bit on the money line as well at plus 180. All right, my friends. I think it's Michigan versus Washington in the finals, and I got Michigan winning that game based upon defense and just a fantastic running game against Washington. Now it's time for a little NFL with our guy from ESPN 1000, Mr. Mike North. Now I'm very excited to welcome back the one-of-a-kind Mr. Mike North from the Odds Couple on ESPN 1000. You can follow Mike on Twitter at north 2 North, Mike, tis the season to be merry, my friend. How did Christmas treat you? Christmas treated me good, my friend. I'll tell you what, everything's good. Uh, the odds couple, our show, doing well. I'm having a winning year. Our team, Carmen DeFalco and myself, our, our guys, we're all having a winning team. And then uh, my stuff at the bar room, same way. And, uh, you know, I'm even doing okay in a media pool, which I never usually do. But I'm above 500 there, which means I'm doing good. So, you know what? It's been fun handicapping. I love handicapping as you do. And uh, it's it's basically I get up every day. I've been doing it since I was 14 and gambling. Yep. So uh, I'm ready to go. Uh, I got some action on this college game that we've got going right now already. I got uh, Virginia Tech. We'll see what happens. Neither team really is impressive. We were talking earlier about how a lot of this stuff is mm-hmm. background noise. What I do with a lot of these games is I'll bet them and I'll watch them, but if something else comes up, I'll go do it, and then I'll come back to it. It's not like, you know, you're missing uh, uh, the Super Bowl or something, or you're stepping away from a, a playoff game. You're 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 missing a 6-6 six and six team usually this early, playing a 7-5 game, which, which has been the, the case the last couple of days. But it's good to see you, buddy. Oh, great to see you, man. Yeah. You know, Mike, I've, I've, I've ranted Raven many times how – how long I've listened to you in Chicago, man. <laughs> One of my favorite DJs ever. And so Thanks. love having you back on. And, uh, Thank you, buddy. You know, it, it, it's great because now we, we're getting to New Year's. We're already starting to think a little bit about baseball here, kind of here and there here. Uh, you know, the Cubs haven't really made many moves here. Uh, are they going to make a move soon? Well, they better. Otherwise, they shouldn't have gotten a manager for $8 million bucks a year. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, Bellinger, if you don't bring Bellinger back, I mean, you got a problem. Bellinger is the first player in Chicago since 1972 that I saw carry a club mm-hmm. for extension, an extended period of time. The other guy was uh, Dick Allen. When he won MVP in 1972, he carried the White Sox almost single-handedly carried them to the American League pennant. Bellinger was that type of player. If they don't sign him, we lost Candelaria at third base. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering what the purpose was to give a guy eight million bucks, who maybe the week in Milwaukee. But you know what, Milwaukee, if you don't sign Bellinger, will still have a better club. So I'm anxious to see what transpires. I think what uh, Jed Hoyer's got to do, Kev, is is overpay. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ricketts, Tom Ricketts. Sorry. Okay, you might have to overpay. That's what you got to do sometimes. You're a billionaire. I don't feel sorry for you. But if you don't have Bellinger, I'm here to tell everybody right now, it will be very – they didn't win it this year. And and they had a hell of a year on them. Uh, so, you know what? Their chances of winning next year or this coming year would be nil, in my opinion, without that type of, you know, figurehead out there. He could play center. He could play right. He could play left. He can DH and he can play first. You're it's right. not like you're getting – 
guy that plays one position. Oh, 100%. I want Bellinger on the team. I think he's a great kid. He's from here, down in Chandler, Arizona. You know, I mean, been following his career for a while. He had a couple uh, rough years because of, you know, injuries yes. and a few other things. But you know what? He fixed that swing. He's looking great. And, yeah, I agree. I think at this point, especially with Boris over there, you know, there is nobody else to get. You You didn't want to pay for it. overpay. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's overpaying, though. You know, that's yeah. what's going on. It's it's not like this is a nor- uh, abnormal thing. I want Bellinger back. We lost Candyman. Uh, get a couple pitchers. Bellinger, yep. one or two other, I guess, very flexible type people that can move to uh, different rotations, different positions. Uh, that would be wonderful. But the Cubs had the offense to do it last year with Bellinger. They just need to get a little pitching. I think they can be contenders next year. Uh, I'm with you. Like, I'm with you. You got to get him. The club automatically comes into spring training if you don't get him in a down type of mood. 100%. What about the Sox? What, what are they doing next year? Well, they picked up a guy, Paul DeJong. Somebody said, Paul DeJong's coming to Chicago. I go, is he a violinist? <laughs> I had no idea who the heck the guy was. I remember uh, him. He, he was on the Cardinals for a while, wasn't he? Yeah, he was on the Cardinals. But but really, I didn't have any, you know, mm-hmm. you know, when you bring up Mike Trout, you know who Mike Trout is. When you bring up a Reese Hoskins, either, even, who they're talking about bringing in maybe to the Cubs. You know who he is. Paul DeJong escaped me. I know he played for the Cardinals, but here's what he'll bring you. He can pick up the baseball. Tim Anderson could not pick up the baseball on a regular basis. I'm talking routine grounders. He was lost the last couple of years. He had some off-field personal issues. And if your shortstop can't pick up the baseball in the game of Major League Baseball or even in softball, for God's sake, and you play in an amateur league, you're not winning. Mm-hmm. Your shortstop's got to be able to field. He couldn't field. He lost his bat. He had been a, a batting champ, the quietest one of all time. Nobody even knew about it, mm-hmm. um, taking nothing away from him. But uh, that was a, addition by subtraction to get rid of him. Sox are a soft team, or they've been portrayed as a soft team. They portrayed themselves as that. I'm not a fan of their manager. I think uh, – they basically are famous for hiring guys like Terry Bevington, Robin Ventura, right. uh, Jerry Manuel. These are guys that get one maybe shot afterwards if they're lucky. Once you manage and you look bad in a White Sox uniform, like they're in Ventura, Bevington, guys like that, it's very hard to ever see them managing anywhere else. So he's one of these guys, I think. He was in the Royals organization as the bench coach, and they didn't even interview him. They just <laughs> let him go to the White Sox. And the White Sox took him from a rival, and they didn't want him. The Royals didn't want him, but we took him. So there's there's just a situation there. Like, if your current employer don't even want to interview (laughs) you or isn't interested, then why are you looking at him? Exactly. Uh, Yeah, that is interesting. And that's kind of like what we've been used to over the years, I feel. Yes, (laughs) right. It just doesn't change. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm, as a Cubs fan, I'm concerned. I think, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are just getting antsy and hopefully they're doing the right thing over there. I think Jed will. But, uh, you know, I I will be up very upset at this like you and uh, you'll be the first person I'm listening to when it doesn't happen. My man, (laughs) I will will be tuning into you for sure. You tell it like it is. And that's and that's awesome. All right. Well, you know, we'll talk a little baseball. Let's talk a little bit about college playoffs before we get into the NFL. Uh, We had the better bulls finally kind of showing up here. As you mentioned, you're seeing a lot of six and six, seven and five type teams. Uh, you have any? You can even talk about today, tomorrow. 
uh, this weekend or the playoffs. Uh, do you have any plays that you'd like to give out here that you've made? I'll give so out far? one play right now. Uh, as far as uh, tonight is concerned, uh, last Monday, uh, who's Oklahoma State playing tonight? Whoever they're playing, Texas A and M, Texas A and M, plus three. First of all, these bowl games are tricky uh, because a lot of guys aren't playing. Um, but I'm leaning, and, and from what my research has given me, I mean, I looked at Texas A&M. They've been a mess since you know since Jimbo Fisher. They haven't lived up to expectations. Fisher's going to still be paid like $70 million. He's gone. I seem to have, I couldn't believe it. My stuff that I come up with gave me Texas A&M. So reluctantly, I mean, I'm as afraid to take this pick as anybody else's. Reluctantly, I'm taking Texas A&M as my pick tonight. Well, it went to three and a half, so it's not a bad. I mean, they're close to home. They're 80 miles from home here. They're in Houston, you know, and. Listen, I got my ass kicked in front of my house once. You know what I mean? (laughs) The guy goes, you want to fight? I go, yeah, I'm in front of my house. He goes, I'm 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 close to home. I got a better chance? No. no I didn't no. have a better chance. I still got my ass kicked. Okay? <laughs> right, right, so, right. So I, I never really buy that nonsense if if, uh, uh, if if we're talking about the home field advantage and stuff. But I know they it, it helps to have your fans with you, and they'll travel well. 100%. And you know what's interesting yeah. is that these spreads have moved, you know, big time. Oh, there yeah. Was, there was a point where Oklahoma State was a dog, and that's when I was on them. But now I'm kind of leaning Texas A&M. I'm probably going to buy back and shoot for a three-point middle, my friend. Uh, those are wonderful well, how about situations. Kansas yesterday? Yeah. yeah. How about Kansas? They were 13. They went down to – I got them at eight. Okay. I got them at, se- I go, I got them at seven. I, I paid a little yeah. extra juice for the seven. But I, I, I knew that Bean was playing. I was like – you know what? They say he's got the flu, but I'm watching his warm-ups. He's running at full speed. He's looking good. And he's probably had the flu for three or four days. So he's at the ass end yeah. of it. So I'm like, this could be just a massive overreaction. It turns out it was. They won by 13. Right, right. It was a, it was a, a nice pickup. And now you got to pay attention now because of the transfer portal, which I knew would be a mess. Uh, paying these guys, I knew would be a mess. You got one guy driving a Cadillac. The other guy gets a gift certificate to Jersey Mike's. They're on the same team. How is that fair? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I heard guys like Jay Billis telling me it would be good they got paid. Well, if it's all uniform. Well, that's what I, I was mean, for. I was for money, like, to, you know, pay the kids for their services like you do working at the ice cream shop in college. You know, they get paid. I knew it wasn't you know? going to be that way. <laughs> and, you know, Jay Billis, he's made millions. He didn't have to get paid at Duke. He was networking. He played on good teams. So it's easy for him to say play everybody else. It's a mess now. Yeah. They ruined it. It's chaos. And because of guys like him on the media pushing it, okay? I mean, my God, Sanders' kid drives a Rolls Royce and his lineman, they, go, they, get, they get three, oh, uh, three meals at, at the sub shop. It's ridiculous. That's bad when you're losing, man. That is not a good look. I understand what you're saying. I think they, they need to make and some no, no, How about this? Arch Manning, Arch Manning is going to make more money at Texas than Purdy makes. Yeah, probably. For oh, for sure. Well, he is. Yeah. He, make it, he made $2 million this year. $2 yeah. million, Purdy makes he, and he didn't, And he didn't even play. He played like right. five snaps. <laughs> but, then, but this is good for the system. Really, this is blue chips just exposed. You couldn't even make blue chips now. Happy yeah. would be just the guy that gives you the tractor, and it's okay. 
You know what I mean? I'm just hoping it separates some of the talent out because some school is going to have enough money to take someone from Alabama, but that's the only guy they're going to pay. But, you know, I I think that was happening beforehand, but just a lot more hush-hush, as, as yeah, we all know. Yeah, but you see, those schools like Clemson, folks, I'm having a hot show so far. Stay with me. I'm really... <laughs> I'm really on my game. I can feel in my hair. I don't know. Early, early Whitey Bulger like today. Anyway, uh, uh, Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State. They don't need it. They don't need that crap, nil, and all that other stuff. You won't see them rating other people. They, they, the kids come to them automatically. Okay. I think the schools that I know of a school. Basketball, women's basketball, that had twenty thousand set aside for, and another school swooped in for two hundred grand. They just lost her. Wow! Even but it was a women. Catholic institution against a major state institution somewhere else. Yeah. Period. That, that's going to change. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That 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 is it's exactly where it's at. So I mean, well, let's talk about big names. It looks like Ohio State's back up to three here in some books now. It looks like. Uh, Marvin Harrison will sh- uh, sit out, but look like looks like Emeka Buka is going to stay. Looks like a lot of defense is going to stay for Ohio State. I think that's interesting that it went back to three. I was actually leaning in Ohio State a little, but it's kind of going back out of my price range a little bit. Now it might shift to Missouri. I, I just found that interesting. I knew one thing about Ohio State is they were motivated. Why don't you just admit admit it's a mess? You oh. don't know who to bet. You know wh- who who's playing. You don't know where it's at. The bowl games now are not like the bowl games we remember we grew up with, for instance, where there were six bowl games. Guys were there for four years. Now you look for your quarterback, you go, where is he? He's over there on the other team. Oh, sorry. He was here last year. <laughs> I, you are right. All, you are correct. It's a mess. It is a mess. It's, it. it's a 100% mess. And you just have to kind of try to get the information first. And, right. you know, you get on the right side of the line moves, you can have an opportunity to buy back. Because you're still, even if you have line value, you still get your ass kicked. I, it's happened to me already a couple oh, yeah. times. You know, you get your, oh, yeah. it, it don't matter. Try to balance and, and go for a meal. I got the over today in West Virginia, North Carolina. It's now up to 61. After this show, I'm going to fire back on the under. I'm going to try for a middle because I honestly have no freaking clue what's going to happen. I'm going to go for a middle. I'm I'm uh, hedging my exposure. Why not? Because I lose just the juice either way or gain both bets. So that's what we're looking for in this situation. Who wins the, uh, who wins the playoffs? Well, I'm not really into it because my team, Florida State's not in it. And I don't care who. If you never competed for anything in your life, okay, then you can have the outlook that, you know, if they lose a player, even the quarterback, you can't put them in. But for Kirk Herbstreet and some of these other guys That's that are her, working just, for the – it's just despicable. It's, it, 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 He's one of my it, sour dough boys of the year. Uh, Kirk Herbstreit just turned his back on anything that's halfway decent and competitive. But he's done that now. for he's done that for a few years now. There's times that Ohio State was screwed and he had to shut his mouth because the networks were making him. There's, I mean, that's that happens every day in the NFL officially. Well, let me ask you a question. Let's say the playoffs are seeded. All right, let's say San Francisco's the number one seed. Okay, in pro football. Okay, in the NFC, even though, you know, they lost the other night, but they're still a great team, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But let's say Purdy gets hurt. 
Should they lose their seating? Heck no. Of course not. They shouldn't. That's what Kirk Herbstreit's trying to sell on America and all these other talking heads. That you can lose a player and screw the the, the hundred other guys and coaches. Yet when Ohio State okay. lost their quarterback, they got to play in the, in the championship because of the money. He's and, a, and, he's and, a, and Baylor I, didn't get in in 2014. You know? They're all hypocrites. And here's the other thing. If it was about the quarterback, then everybody should have said when he got hurt, we're dropping him to five now. We're dropping Florida State to don't keep him at one, two, three, four. And then when they win him out with the second and third string quarterback, say, you know what? You're not good enough. It's bad news. It sucks. I heard most of the players aren't playing. Half of the players have, you know, opted out or not playing. I hear Georgia. Doesn't I, even feel Florida like State shouldn't even play this game, and and I agree. And the ACC cowered like a bunch of just, and that's why Florida State should be leaving him. I'm happy because because the ACC is in bed too with everybody, and they just allowed Absolutely. this to happen. I'm like, I'm out of here, and Clemson's going to follow him too because of this debacle. They should have declared Florida State the national champions to, in order Jim to try to Phillips, keep. Him. I know Jim Phillips. He was at Northwestern. He's the commissioner. I'm sorry for you, Jimmy. I really am. You should have stepped up a little he didn't. harder, not he, just issue a note. He, he didn't. Well, he issued a letter, right? That's it, right? Am I right or wrong? You he are. Didn't really, he he I, he cowered like he was in bed with the rest of the guys, and you know, yeah. And that's going to kill the ACC, just like the Pac-12 went down. They're going down too. Clemson's going to be gone. Florida State's going to be gone. So I'm going to root for Michigan, uh, Alabama. It's always been fixed for them. I've said it for 20 years. It was substantiated because I think uh, even on a neutral field, they're saying Georgia would still be favored again. They're saying Oregon would would still be favored against Washington. So let me ask you this. You want it now? Would you rather have it as it is now? Or would it be bad? I gotta, when you can say, I'd keep Michigan, I'd take Oregon, Georgia, and Florida State, the ones that, you know, that's as attractive as what's out there now. Texas well, and Washington. Oh, you I, know? I, yeah, they make their own rule. My power ratings have it Michigan, Ohio State, Texas, and Georgia. I don't even have – I have Oregon right under them and then Bama under them and then right. Washington's right you know, there too. It, it's so like – Now they're going to go to 12, yeah. which is what I said 10 years ago. I go to 8, go to 12, and we'll be, we'll be crying next year that Liberty's not in a you know, 13. <laughs> Wait, it's always going to be somebody's up. But, you know, at least we – Well, got we do that for the NCAA game. tournament now, Mike. But here's the thing. As much as at least when we're crying now, there's not you're not leaving out an undefeated Florida State. If you're trying, if you're crying about twelve and thirteen, it's not as nearly as egregious okay. as what they did. Let me give the, let me give you this one. You got a team that's eleven and one. Okay, no, you got a team that's ten and two, but in a weaker conference. But they take four SEC teams out of the twelve. Everybody acts like the top five, <laughs> the five power conferences aren't going to have more than one. Yeah, I know. I Here's know. where they're going to start bullying yeah. again. Oh. We're going to have we're going to have three Big Ten teams. We're going to have four, uh, you know, three three SEC teams. Then we're going to have a small conference team, and then we're going to put one in from the. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's not going to just be one SEC team, and that I can promise you that. 
I can profit. Oh, oh no, uh, that, that's that's guaranteed. I mean, that is one hundred percent guaranteed. At least you have a little more. At least have the undefeateds in there. Yes, and, and, first of all, it should have been done like this a long time ago, Mike. And it uh, been done this year to put the thirteen and all team in. I said, make the four cool. and five play for it. I said, I said, add an extra playoff game or something because I'm sure that's what they would want. It. And you know what? That backup quarterback could have been trained by Norvell into being a pretty good guy. You don't know that their defense was fantastic, but now they're all sitting out, which is the worst case scenario now they're going to get whipped and they're going to say see i told you so even though they're not even playing the stars no, they're not. that will never know because everybody knows i think that florida state and georgia even are not invested in this to game. be honest with you georgia's more invested because they have much less sitting out as of right now we'll see uh what happens yeah, but you got it but you but but you know their whole life is getting to the top four what i mean about they're playing they're the accordion player that comes out before elvis yeah that's what they are and they're not used to that. So if you're those players, of course you're going to play your hardest and try to play your best. But in the back of your mind, you're going, we should be playing. Oh, you I feel Oregon. Or, of- or, Oregon feels the same way too. They, they're probably not. They're not happy. What a terrible bowl game, Liberty versus Oregon, and it's down here in Phoenix. It's like, first of all, Liberty played nobody, and yes, they're twelve and zero. And sure, I'd be okay with them throwing you into an undefeated twelve-team playoff. But that doesn't mean it's good for Oregon. You know, it's like, it's like seriously, Liberty? It's like in the Fiesta Bowl, a 17-point favorite in the Fiesta Bowl when it should have been SMU at least or a team that was actually pretty dang good? You know, Liberty played nobody. In the, up, kid. And here's My where they are. Rose. Well, that's okay. I, I still he- I still hear you, but um, it looks Hello? like it looks like we're getting a little internet issue here, uh, and hopefully it comes back. But in the meantime, uh, here we are. Mike's back. Let's talk a little Bears real quick. Let's assume that they do get the first pick, right, because of Carolina. Let's assume it right now. I know we we all know what Mike thinks, that Justin Fields, a million times, not the man. But what do you think they should do as of right now with the number one pick? Well, I've changed my opinion on the Justin Fields thing because I don't want any of the quarterbacks from the Pac-12. I don't care how good they look. USC quarterbacks always look good until they actually have to play in the NFL. Then they don't. Okay? I can name you quarterback after quarterback. Matt Leinert. Pat Hayden. Matt Barkley. uh, Sean Salisbury, who I like. Matt Barkley, who I like. Uh, These guys, they go Carson Palmer's their strongest guy, but guess what? He was at Cincinnati. He did okay. Then he got injured, and Joe Burrow made everybody forget about him in about two years. So... And then there are all three transferees. One came from the SEC, one came from the Big Ten, and one came from the Big 12. They went to play ping-pong football at the Pac-12, which is wide-open football. Right. Well, that's the same thing as Justin Fields is. I don't want to start over, so I'm going to stay with Fields for another year. I sort of like them to take Marvin Harrison at one, build their line two, three, four, you know, build, grab, their, grab as many big boys as you can, and then with the fifth or I want Hartman from, not Hartman, yeah, Hartman from Notre Dame, the kid that played at Wake Forest. I would draft him in the fifth round. He threw 28 touchdowns, four or five interceptions, may, had a pretty good year for Notre Dame. And at that price right now, he's he's rated to go around the fourth or fifth round. I think he's a hell of a pickup at that round. You know at what, that price. Mike, you you, I, you're, you must be a very smart man because you thought just like me. <laughs> 
<laughs> my man, I, 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 I just had conversations with my dad, who's a Bears Bears fan and other Bears fans. Right now, I, I'm normally that guy that says, do not draft a receiver in the first round. Do not draft a receiver. But oh, no, I think Marvin Harrison, I've watched him. He's not a to. transgenerational kind of guy. Sure he is. Now, I, if we could trade down two spots and you can guarantee me the Cardinals aren't picking him, that'd be perfect. But to be honest with you, I would not be upset if they went with Marvin Harrison with the first pick. No, I want him. Uh, and I and I was against when Detroit used to draft receivers all the time, Matt Miller and stuff. Me too. I said I was against it. Me We're too. We're talking about one guy that's a difference maker. Then you grab. Well, he's a great kid. He's a great yeah. kid. He, he's, he's. Uh, I mean, the things he says is everything. He says everything, right? His dad was always that not over emotional kind of guy. He he was he wasn't a big partier. He he was just literally a business. I was surprised when he got in trouble with the gun with Marvin Harrison Senior. I was surprised. Yeah, yeah. When that happened, that was. I don't know what happened there. He's only been in trouble one time in his whole life. But now you're right. His kid doesn't have to pay the price for that. His kid's a generational talent. And I like Hartman out of Notre Dame who played at Wake Forest and then comes to Notre Dame, plays two different, played two different systems, knows how to play the position. Probably, well, we have a guy, Bajan, that knows how to play the position better than Fields. Fields is a guy we traded up for that basically has no clue about playing the position. I'll give you an example. I talked to a former Bear, defensive player. I know 50, 60 former Bears folks. Don't even guess. <laughs> um, he told me, don't bring up my name. But he goes, as a defensive player, the great ones come up to the line. And they look, and they know the weakness right away of the defense. They know what they're going to call. He goes, trust me when I say this. We know the imposters. Fields comes up, does this. Only because he's seen it on TV. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's looking for. He 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 doesn't know. In other words, they confuse him. He doesn't outdo them. He'll go back. And Justin, and, and I want him back next year because he does make some big plays. Last week, he must have had 15 plays where he had the ball for five seconds. Just running around back there. Never. One, two, three, throw. One, two, three, throw. You don't see that. I so, think a lot of that's coaching, I, too. And I think Getsy is awful. He doesn't know how to win a game. He purposely calls plays almost to lose the game. You're like, wait a minute, you're up by 10 and you're having fields throw the ball with six minutes left. He does the incomplete stop the clock. 12, 12 yard sack punt. You just gave them all the time. It's almost comical watching Getsy call plays, but the fact that flues doesn't stop this makes me know he's an idiot, you know? And and then you don't, and then they don't cover a Najoku. It's like the guy that's been killing you all game. You don't cover him. At the end, instead of you try to do some blitz that didn't work and Cleveland scores, you know, I I think you have to clear that out. If you're staying with fields, you have to clear that out. But I'm with you. I say get a quarterback in the third or fourth round. Now, I do. Now, it's okay to draft a Pac 12 quarterback if it's late, in my opinion, because they're all work in progress. If they're all work in progress, Sam Hartman, who knows? Maybe, maybe he's good too. I'm just saying he's going fourth or fifth round. Uh, Mr. Irrelevant. Went last. Brady, I'm not saying he's any of those, but what I'm saying is you can get some value. My point is about fields. If you start two weeks ago, there was a tight end wide open, and he dropped the ball. Tanya dropped the ball in his hands. Did, yeah. And he would have been in for a touchdown. Yeah, it would have made fields look a lot better if that happened. Everybody says, hey, what's everybody going to do? Blame fields. And I said, What's everybody could do? Blame Getsy. 
Who called the play? That's a bunch of crap. I'm tired of the coaches taking the blame because the players can't execute. I think Getsy, if you get, I mean, I'm watching Joe Flacco come out of Walmart and now play Justin Fields every game of the year if you want. You got to know how to play the position. They took a guy and moved up. I don't bring him up because I'm I'm disgusted with Mitch Trubisky too. He lost his heart. They screwed him. They tore his heart out. Then they tore it out in Pittsburgh. He's lost all his confidence. Okay. He still hands and tails a better passion than Fields. And that's the scary part. Fields can't progress and he's getting better. But there's too many times where the line the line, have you been watching? He's back there for four or five seconds. What it's are been you like the, it, it's been like that for a while. And he makes a lot of plays on his feet, and that's his only saving grace right now. He's got to learn how to throw the seam routes. He's got to learn how to throw guys open. But do you he, trade up for a guy that's got to learn in his fourth season? I heard Mitch was a piece of crap because we drafted him ahead of, <laughs> by the way, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Matt Nagy's career is, is on a downturn right now. I don't know what's going on, but he just <laughs> – between Trubisky Fields and now he goes over and Mahomes can't score an offensive touchdown. There's good. all sorts of issues there. That's hilarious. I, I think. And, and not, I, it, well, that's just. I mean, we if we want to go deep in the root of the problem, it's the whoever the McCaskies hire to make decisions is always an idiot. So it, it, it never it never works out. But anyways, we got a lot of games to talk about, my man. We can yeah. sit here and, and talk about the Bears and what they should do for five days, and I'd be Bears, in if the Bears <laughs> if the Bears win again, you can't get rid of the coaches. That, you can't. You, just by winning games, they go, we're getting rid of you, but we're going to keep the quarterback that doesn't know how to play the position? Well, they have they a lot of, they, I mean, they, they also still have a lot of talent now. I mean, they rebuilt they're the gonna team. They're going to be somewhat. fine. I think they're having a, they're having a good, good second half, man. They might get the total of seven and a half. All right, well, that's where I disagree. I say you get rid of the games. coaches. Get rid of the coaches immediately. Get Johnson. Get him or pay him, whatever you got to do. So you're going to bring in the third offensive coordinator in three years for Fields. And, you, and by the way, can I tell you something? You brought up Ben Johnson, Eberflus pantsed him in the last game, made him look silly, dominated Detroit in the second half, made him look silly and set the blueprint for Detroit the next week too to lose. I I was I I was yeah well Detroit won Detroit won the division already with two games left to play so I mean yeah the Bears pantsed him uh, they came back against the, the Bears, Bears should have beat him twice well they came back the yeah because Eberflus blew it he got pantsed the first game by Johnson and in a bad spot golf had a bad game you know just I know like, a guy that loves Ben Johnson he was embarrassed with what Eberflus did to him. Well, uh, he, sh- he should he should he should be embarrassed. But the bottom line is, he's won a ton of games this year, and everyone had no belief in Goff when they traded. I agree. And now look what he is, and I think that's something you have to. I want Jim Harbaugh. I don't want no. I, I do too, but Kevin Warren's a terrible president, and they don't get along. So I'm afraid about that. Uh, it, I, yep. Kevin Warren is just another McCaskey screw up, in my opinion. And it's going to come back to bite us. Okay. Let's, let's move. Jets Browns, my friend, Thursday night. Uh, you know, it's funny uh, about a month ago, you'd be less excited for this game. It's still a low total of 35, but you know, it, it is interesting to see what Flacco has been doing. And, uh, I thought him beating the bears was more also about the bears just choking, but at the same time, this is seven and a half points. Uh, total is 35. The Browns basically a playoff team. Now, a lot of people are talk- talking like Stefanski should be coach of the year. I'm, I don't know about that. I'm that's a little far for me. I think that Flacco's just a very smart guy, and uh, he's blown games before, but he's playing with the best defense, maybe number one or two at least, behind the Ravens in the whole league. Uh, 
He I, threw three touchdowns. Nobody, no linebacker threw three touchdowns. Was <laughs> Joe Flacco? Kev. Yeah, just I, wanted to give you, want to give you a heads up. I saw, I watched that game. I bet the Texans. Flacco was unbelievable. Oh, I had the Texans in a teaser. That I lost that. Amari too. Cooper ran you uh, two hundred fifty yards catching the ball, and and Cooper loves them. I mean, they're rejuvenated. And by the way, Stefanski has had four quarterbacks and lost, lost Nick Chubb, and they bring in Joe Flacco. Who was at Walmart. He well, he should get some consideration. It's still a bad spot for the Browns. I'm not saying I'm going to bet the Jets. I would consider right. it now. That's past the seven. It's my it's juiced at minus one eighteen here on DraftKings. But I think the Browns is a perfect teaser spot, so I'm teasing them down to one, and uh, I'm going to find you a dance partner here in a few minutes. But uh, I, I, I just think that this is a, a good teaser for me because I still think they beat go. the Jets. Yeah. Anything from you on this one? No, but I tell you what, Cleveland is on a roll, and and you know what, I know that uh, the be the people want a Hamlin or uh, I think Mayfield or Flacco should be your comeback player of the year. I mean, I Hamblin um, has hasn't played, and and it's hard to give oh, it, a guy. It, that would be awful if you gave it to Hamlin. A comeback player should not be a guy. There should be a different award for something like that. You know, yeah, sure, he he died. That was freaking amazing. I still think about it. Great job, but that doesn't make you a comeback player of the year. It's like why don't you just give him a Super Bowl ring. You know, I mean, he, wow. if you're gonna make idea, Hamlin did something amazing by just coming back to life. That's a bigger award than comeback player of the well, year. First of comeback all, player of the year, you have to at least have a good season playing my the game father of football. Had three, my, my father had three heart attacks. He was an electrician. Okay, one of them he had when he was sleeping. Okay, uh, but he and the other two, he had one at work and he had one while he was bowling. Uh, he survived them all. But I'm trying to figure out, uh, I asked them, when did the ambulance come? They said, well, it came in about 10 minutes, you know. Uh, uh, how many people have heart attacks and have seven, eight ETMs waiting on them within 30 seconds? <laughs> I mean, I know they brought him back to life, supposedly. He had a heart attack. Okay. But how many people have lost people to heart attacks because they couldn't get an ambulance or because it a took lot. time for people to get a it? A lot. So now I'm supposed to think that Hamlin deserves comeback player of the year when he had the best possible scenario. If you're going to have a heart attack, have it where, where, where it's on national TV with a cart and ambulance and eight ETMs. In the meantime, Joe Flacco's at, at Walmart actually winning games for his team while Hamlin's doing the right thing, promoting the health thing. But as far as being comeback player of the year, you sat on the sidelines. When my dad came back from the heart attack, he didn't stand on the sidelines. They didn't give him electrician of the year standing over there and not helping them run wire through a crawl space. So that's how I feel about it. No disagreement from me, my man. Let's move on to the Lions-Cowboys. Cowboys minus six, total 53.5. Here's my problem with this one, Mike. This is <laughs> I, this is giving the Cowboys like a five-point home field advantage. Yeah, I, I mean, it, but is it wrong? Because that's what the Cowboys do. They bully teams and beat the crap out of them at home, usually. And then they're just yep. terrible on the road. But what I will say is now they're finally playing a winning team on the road. And this is a kind of entering the disrespectful territory. Now, I'm not – I think the Lions are in a terrible spot. They just won the dang division. If they, I was on them last week when that got down to two and a half. I thought that was disrespectful mm -hmm. too. But uh, you now it's at a point where, you know, it, it was Mullen's fault mostly last week. It, it's at a point where – I don't want to get invested. I, I was kind of hoping this would be a three-point spread and maybe I lay it with the Cowboys, but 
I understand it. It's just I, my my shift is going from the Cowboys pre pre this week to now the Lions being that this thing just kind of keeps growing. So I, I'm I'm off the game, Mike. Yeah, I am too. Dallas is, uh, you know, everybody talks about how Purdy blew his MVP, although, my God, he's played great football all year long. One game does to me. It was a, a bad spot for him to screw up. Um, but Prescott did the same thing. Mm. Prescott was uh, a couple weeks ago right there knocking on the door too. It's just an inconsistent year. I don't trust either one of these teams. Um, but Detroit got their mojo back. Congratulations, them. I have a guy that calls my show. Don Burr, he's been around for like 75, 80 years. He's been a Detroit Lion fan. And I tell him, the last time Detroit won a championship, somebody said, you know what would be a good idea? What? Maybe someday we put a face mask on the helmets. Bobby Lane in 1956 ran with like my mother's pop on his head. That's how archaic the Detroit Lions last won a championship. I, and then, you know what else somebody said? I wasn't somebody said, You know what's a good idea? You know what else is a good idea? Maybe someday. What? Well, they got the helmets with the... Maybe we'll put an emblem on the side. They didn't even have emblem, emblems on the helmets yet. So <laughs> it was just like archaic football. So they're, they have a chance to win a championship for the first time. I mean, in the modern era, I was there. I was still alive. I mean, Arnold Palmer had was winning the Masters when they won uh, 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 the, the, the championship in '56. For God's sake! In I mean, 57. It, it, good for them. Uh, they, it, yeah. it, it was bound to freaking happen. Uh, you had the yeah. ba- the Bears in the A's, the Packers since then, and then the Vikings sprinkled every once in a while did something relevant. Uh, yeah, it's it was t- it's time for them. I, I'll be. Uh, you know, it's funny. As a Bears fan, I'm not so like anti team. I used to be, you know, living in Wisconsin for a little while. I was anti Packer for I'm sure. Not, I'm not like I, that. I'm, I'm not like that. I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing the Lions, you know, doing something here. And, and I always and, respected and, Green Bay. I respected in the '60s and '70s. Warning. Mm-hmm. I respected Lombardi. I respected Star. I respected those guys. We didn't hate them. I respected them. They kicked our butt all the time. Johnny United, these guys, those road game teams that would come into Wrigley Field, Johnny Unitas, the Packers, Bart Starr, Roger Staubach, I've seen them all. Yeah. Those were teams, man. Oh, They dude. were juggernauts. They're not like now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, who's going to win this week? Yep, yep. It's... Who's going to win this week? Wait, we're not winning this week. Here comes Roger Staubach. Here comes Dan Marino. We didn't beat Dan Marino in 85. The NFL used to be loaded with great teams. Now they're loaded with mediocre. Well, now they mediocre. now they're loaded with a bunch of you know people that don't care about winning as much, and they do add right. games. It's just turning more into the NBA, as I kind of mentioned in my last show. It's just yeah, little, poor them, yeah, poor them. The <laughs> NBA. Let's. I, I got it. Let's play the same day as the uh, NFL. <laughs> they should have waited till yesterday to play. Exactly. Uh, Niners, Commanders, Commanders plus thirteen. It was thirteen and a half. And they announced Joe, Jacoby Brissett as a quarterback, and they moved from 13 and a half to 13. Now, if Sam Howell was a quarterback, maybe be 14. But now with Brissett, and it just, it, I don't like playing the big numbers. Even after such a poor performance, I think some of that's now factored in for the Niners. And I'm not going to buy any uh, over exaggerated lines here. It, it's a complete stay away from me. 
Um, it wouldn't shock me if Washington does cover this game with Brissett, though, and the total's 49.5. Probably stay with I had a big well. week with big numbers. Usually you get beat. Usually if you're getting 13, you're watching the game, then you fall asleep and you wake up to the music of a commercial or something, and you wait for the score, you're losing 33-5. to five. You know what I mean? You go, wow. This week I did what I had the Giants. Uh, you know, I, I they, they just uh, came out and covered. Uh, Buffalo, I had the team who played Buffalo. They covered. Um, so, I mean, the big the big point spread's covered, but you're right. Near the end of the season, plus this is like college now. A lot of these teams, and, and some that are making the playoffs, they're not going to play some of their guys. So, you got to be careful. Are you taking the I'm commanders? not doing anything on this game. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm staying away from it. I think there's just too much craziness that happened. Now, per- pressure's on Purdy. Yeah, I'm staying away. Cardinals, Eagles. Now, I did take the Eagles when it went. To single digits, and after that happened, it went back to double digits. Uh, Eagles are laying minus 11. The total is 48 here. The, the problem with the Eagles is that they like to get out of games. They will just run the clock, and it, it's like the opposite of the Cowboys. Their numbers don't look as good as that what they might be, yet the Cowboys' numbers look too good because they just keep beating on teams. It's kind of like two spectrums on, in this situation. But, man, I, this Eagles defense is getting healthier I think Dean's going to come back here. Um, they're signing a few guys. Shaq Leonard had a good game. Uh, the reason that the Giants did cover was really a lot of Jalen Hurts screwing up last week, uh, throwing those picks and that crazy fumble in the second half. Well, that's half. the problem, though. He's got like 20 turnovers, Kev. I mean, yeah. it's, it, 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 you're talking Jalen Hurts here, 20-some turnovers. I don't believe in Philadelphia. Last year, they got in the zone. They kept on going. I don't think they're going to be there at the end. I don't. Yeah, 11 is too much now. I would have liked it in the single digits. The total is 48.5. I, believe it or not, I probably lean to the over here. I'm not going to take it. If it falls down to 47, which is somewhat of a key number, I'd be more interested in the over. But Philadelphia right. and the over sounds good to me in that one. There you go, my man. Philly and yeah, the over. Philadelphia. I, like, I like Philly to come back and just hurts is hearing it. And they got to they got to straighten some things out. Their coach thought he was Vince Lombardi last year, and you know on the sidelines, and he had all the answers. And now, I mean, they just look like another football team, just like the rest of the league. Exactly, my man. Dolphins, Ravens, Ravens now down to minus three. Total is forty sevens. Mike, my biggest play last week was Christmas Day night game. Ravens plus five and a half. It went to that six. It went six and a half, and I played it again. I, I was yeah. like, "How the hell is this even possible?" Lamar nineteen one against NFC. Uh, disrespectful line, and the Ravens are seeing it all week long. Uh, Purdy it never moved. It was five and a half the whole time last week. Yeah, right? it moved it to six moved. and a half the day of. Yeah, it's it, it went to six on yeah. like Saturday, Sunday, then six and a half the day of. But now, I'm taking Miami. I, well, I, I if take Miami, Miami wins, if Tua has a great game, and if uh, J- uh, Lamar Jackson has a bad game, is Lamar Jackson out as MVP and Tua is the new MVP? I, it definitely, is that how we're going to play this now? Exactly. This media overreact. That's why you say, whoever, that's why you yeah, say buy, the dips. buy the dips. Buy the dips. Buy the dips. You, you might want to grab Purdy at 13-1 now because once they destroy the commanders by 40 points, they're like, oh, yeah. You know, it, it's it's crazy. So you could literally play this game. I think Josh Allen is a sleeper, actually, for what he's doing I do with too. I think Christian McCaffrey's got a shot. I took Christian McCaffrey. I see I got him at 15-1 for Offensive Player of the Year, but I had to get a little bit on MVP because I was worried he's going to win that he's instead. Score 25 touchdowns. If they don't have him, folks, he is probably, and I've been watching football for 60 years, 
if you need an outlet receiver when you're in trouble, that guy's automatic. And he won't gain you five yards like most backs. He'll break tackles and gain you 20. And then the guy can run. He can throw. Uh, he's going to put – he got screwed out of the Heisman one year. He should have won it one of the two years. They gave it to Fournette. I knew Fournette. He was a straight-ahead power runner. Mm -hmm. Had some some moves. But he's no McCaffrey. I knew that back then. Uh, but they gave it to him. So McCaffrey, I'd like to see if if he, if he got hurt for Frisco, I'd automatically bet against Frisco if they had games left. McCaffrey's That's amazing. How important that guy is. The kid is amazing. But the coach doesn't. Yep. The coach is probably the best coach as well, at least right now. Shannon, if but he has had his bad moments. But right now, I think he's done a hell of a lot with this team as well. Oh, are, you, yeah. are you playing the Dolphins or the Ravens? I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play the Dolphins. Nice. Yeah, we have I'm agreement. It, it's such a simple handicap. Ravens short week. Ravens let down spot after beating the number one ranked MVP team in the league. MVP for Jackson. MVP yeah. Oh God, now. it's it's such a fade spot for the Ravens. It, it, yeah. It's just. And you know what? All this BS you hear about Dolphins are a Southern team. My ass. I saw them go up to Buffalo with no quarterback. When Tua was hurt, and they almost won that game. I saw them earlier this year go to New York on a cold, rainy game uh, the day after Thanksgiving and just whoop the Jets. Uh, I They are going to show up for this game. They're also fighting for playoff position as well. I agree. I, I love the Dolphins here. Uh, I got a good number on them. I'd still take them at three. I think they went out right as well. Plus 142 on the money line. Rams, Giants, Giants four and a half, total 43 and a half. You know, I was looking, I was like, as soon as Tyrod Taylor's announced in, I'll be firing the Giants. And that's what I did. I was on my walk, got the tweet from Adam Schefter. All of a sudden, boom, boom, it's at six. Now it's down to four and a half. Four and a half now, definitely a much fairer line. But Tyrod Taylor's a real quarterback. All that Tommy DeVito stuff, no. Hey, watch was... yourself. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, hopefully. I'm uh... half Italian, half Irish, Tommy D. Here's what I do. Here, here. He lived our dream. He lived our dream. I mean, are you kidding me? He gets off the third exit, lives with parents, plays for the New York Giants. He did. He did. he did, but that doesn't make him an NFL okay. quarterback. Now, help me out with something. His dad's mad because he got benched. Okay. Didn't, I thought I saw Tyrod. Who, what's the kid's name? Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor. Taylor, right? There was a guy wide open. Didn't he bounce one to him? That I game? Last game. Oh, I don't know. I was probably six or seven beers in by then, Mike. He um, bounced the guy plus the path. Then he took him out. He bounced when the guy was right. Look, I'm taking the other way. Everybody's going to have Tyrod Taylor fever like he's Johnny Unitas. I'm going the other way on that one. All right. We have some disagreement. I, I think the Giants are a bad football team, to be honest. They with are a bad Barkley. football team, but the Rams are kind of getting by with. You don't oh, want the Rams in the playoffs. That's, oh, my that's God. That's what everyone's saying. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. Would you rather have Matthew Stafford? I know you like Detroit, but it's would you rather have Matthew? Matthew Stafford's a beast, man. This is a bad a spot beast. for the Rams. They they, they they are coming fat and happy into Unless this game. Unless you're playing them. Yeah. Well, no, I, I they're going to the West Coast. Uh, early kickoff here. Or the East Coast from the West Coast. That's even tougher than East Coast going West. Uh, I, I, I like McVay and I think he deserves all the accolades as he's getting. I think McVay should be a dark horse for coach of the year as well, but I think, you know point, what? I just saw, I just saw, him. I just saw Colonel Sanders get off a bus on TV here. And then I realized <laughs> it's Mac Brown. Oh my God. <laughs> no... Jesus. Wow. Oh, Jesus. Been around. 
I'll tell you this, Saquon Barkley looked pretty good last week. Yeah. Um, he, he certainly did. It's going to be a fun game. I think uh, I think with Tyrod Taylor, it opens up the game because he has that Whoa. running. He, he has Tyrod that running. Taylor. I got a poster of him in my room. Four, oh, it's four to, I'm going against him. Four, Everybody got Tyrod Taylor fever, baby. I'll be texting you on Sunday, my friend. We'll see what happens <laughs> on this one. Four and a half. Well, I'll even take him at four and a half. You, you take the Rams. It'll be a gentleman's bet. I'll, 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 take, I'll, I'll, I'll text, trust the Rams on this one. All right, my friend. Let's move to the Patriots. Right. Bills. Bills minus 12, total 40 and a half. Another line that's just kind of overjuiced just on the pure momentum here. You know, the Patriots did a dang good job beating the Broncos last week. And uh, you know what? They almost choked it away. But at the end, they said, all right, we screwed up. We let them back in. Let's beat them. And they beat them. They said, nope, we're stopping you. And then we're going to well, beat Well, they blamed you. Russell Wilson in Denver because he's out. We're gonna, he's been benched. Well, I can't wait to talk about that game. But that yeah. game's coming up. Because, I mean, I mean, I, I, th- mean, I think look, that Bill that, Belichick, should, I'd like to see Belichick come back next year with the, with New England. I can't believe, I mean, I don't care if it was Brady, Belichick, Belichick, you won six Super Bowls, bring them back again. You don't deserve to get knocked out. If you want to come back one more, you're fine. If you want to go somewhere else, take over San Diego and do what Brady did and win in your first year, maybe. That's what, that would be sweet. Uh, If I was Belichick, I would do that too. But at the same time, yeah, he should not be fired yet. No. He's a great coach. Uh, Now, is he, was he slightly overrated? Maybe. But I think he's still an Hall of Fame coach. He's it doesn't make him. Coach, yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Still a great coach. I um, I would take the Patriots here. I'm not saying I'm going to do it. Uh, the Patriots have a, you know, it's almost like a spot where they're not making the playoffs anyway. A little bit of let down. But it's a division game. They're going to see some effort. You don't here. let down with him, with Belichick. No. You don't let down because he's, look, he's he runs that operation. So you're playing for your job. Because if any team won Super Bowls with fewer star players than New England or over the years, mm-hmm. I'd like to meet them. They didn't have teams that were stacked like San Francisco with five superstars on offense: Kittle's, Debo Samuel, uh, uh, McCaffrey, Purdy. I mean, my God! I mean, you had Randy Moss for a couple of years, and people clapped. You know, this guy. <laughs> threw the, I mean, seriously, he threw the guys you never heard of. Brady. That's what makes him special. He won with different types of players. They won with different types of schemes. I look at these super the teams now. They got five, six, seven super players on offense, like San Francisco, and and, and I never, I, I never saw Brady with that kind of talent. That's what's been amazing about what he did. Revenge spot for the Bills. I, I have this at minus twelve, though. I mean, it's right on my number. Are you making a play, Mike? I'm making a play because the Bills didn't cover last week. I think they make a point to put put them away, rest some players. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then maybe, uh, you know, it, it really helps to sit in the fourth quarter if you got a big lead. Yeah. This don't clinch the – or does this clinch the playoffs for them? I think it is a playoff clincher, isn't Either it? way, they want to – they were not impressed with themselves last. I mean, they, yeah. they, they, they didn't play well. No, they and, didn't. You know, and, and so I think they put them away. They didn't cover last week. They'll cover this week in my opinion. Yeah, I think they cover this week and probably get in the playoffs yeah. because of it. Um I know Miami's might be for the division though the week after, so that I, you uh-huh. can definitely see some some motivation here. I'm just pulling up the percentages here. Uh, it's uh, the Bills are. What happened to the coaches in this in this in this league? You should wear a suit. Right, wear right, a right. suit. Ninety-seven. That McDaniel guy looks like a bum. Belichick <laughs> looks like a bum. These guys prowl the sidelines in the NBA. What? I thank God for Patino and Calipari. They're still wearing their over their jackets. Yeah. What yeah. happened? Tom Landry with the fedora. Alice with the fedora. I mean, these guys, the the old coach Norm Van Brocklin looked like uh 
one of the Secret Service men that covered for Kennedy back in 63. You know what I mean? Yeah. He had the cigarette in his mouth. He had a, the suit on. <laughs> Get the suits back on. Dress nice, guys. Come on. Be dress respectful. Dress nice. And dress like slobs. You're the head of, a, of an organization. Oh, my God. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, <laughs> the players have kind of fallen out, fallen away a little bit of that, too. So oh, you think? That. It's definitely not, definitely not different. And, uh, and and some of them have some corny stuff. Like, they'll just have some really corny suits on, you know. I don't know. Oh, it's, they like to pick out stuff. They like to pick up stuff because they know that the, the cameras are going to be waiting for. Oh, them. for sure. I I'm, I care a little less. I care a little less about the players unless they're you know dressed like really sloppy. You know, if you really want to see Clown Town, watch the NBA players when they come. Oh, exactly. The arena. Yeah, yeah. That's that that that's a little <laughs> bit yeah sloppy. I don't I don't like that myself. I think uh, the coaches they're not sloppy. They just dress. I mean, they dress. Look, James Harden and some of these guys, Westbrook, some of the way they used to. I mean, Westbrook carrying a purse. I mean, it was hilarious. Yeah, that's a bit much. <laughs> Let's yeah. move on to the Saints Buccaneers. Buccaneers minus three, total 42 and a half. We, I'll, you go first on this one, Mike. What do you I got? want Baker Mayfield to win. Let's go. They they crapped on him. The guy won in Cleveland, folks, when they were the Cleveland Browns, when they were down and out. He made it in the playoffs. This guy's on his fourth team. I'm rooting for Tampa, man. I'm rooting. Room for Tampa. The resurrection of Baker Mayfield, man. Got himself in a good spot. Both done a good job. I'm taking Tampa. I think he's in a little bit of a zone. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes like he did before. It's a little bit better organization with him right now. Hard to believe it's happening, but it's true. I think what else is true is that the Saints players do dislike Derek Carr. And they will start yes. they will play because they're professionals, but I also think that their coach, I think they, they don't like him either. I don't think Dallas Allen's a good coach. I I used to rag on Todd Bowles all the time. I think he's better than Dennis Allen. Uh, I like the Bucks here. I think I, do too. I, I think that there's just too many holes with the Saints. No motivation, no belief, but from the players, I think they're quick to crumble when they're down. So they're they're one of those teams that will just kind of give it up in the third quarter. I like the Bucks here to cover the three. Uh, yep. Raiders Colts Colts minus three and a half now total 43 and a half I can't believe this move towards the Colts after what the Raiders have been doing now is it a good spot for the Raiders no they just want beat their rival on a short week but that doesn't make me like the Colts at three and a half man <laughs> I like this stay away Paris. from me it's not worth it it's not stay worth away it. stay away Antonio no. Paris yeah I mean I I I was more looking Raiders at But well, the, wait, they didn't score no offensive touchdowns. That's true, too. Last week. That's true, too. So, I mean, Antonio Pierce can crow all he wants. I'm glad they won. But, I mean. He's a defensive oh, guy, though. He's not an offensive guy. Right. They got to figure that out. But, I mean, you know what? They beat Kansas City. You beat Mahomes. Come on. All right, game of the week, Falcons Bears. <laughs> game of the week for me and Mike, maybe, because we get to harp on our Bears the day after. But anyways, uh, Bears Bears are minus three. The total is thirty eight here. A little bit of juice to the Falcon side. Nobody can choke like this Bears team with with a lead. Um, I you seriously trust them with that? They can be up by twenty one. Oh, I think what happened, and you described it earlier. You described the games they've blown, and you blamed Getzy. I'm telling you, that was Eberflus. They have headsets on. He's going. <laughs> Play it safe. Sit on the lead. Sit on the lead. Eat up some. Cl- eat up some clock. Then why was Fields throwing the ball? Because they're not. Look, when you look, throw a long pass, that's one thing. You want to loosen up the defense. He throws the ball because they thought that was the best way to do it. Their running attack is great. 
They have the best running game since they picked up Mark, uh, Martel Sweat. They've been unbelievable on that. That was a great pickup. Their defense. I said they when they picked up Sweat, it wasn't just about Sweat. It's about making the rest of the line better. And that's what's happened. Their defense is playing well. I like the Bears. I had them last week. I'll have them this week. I'm teasing the Falcons with the Cleveland Browns. That's Who's my other quarterbacking season. for them because Ritter isn't worth a damn. I don't think. Well, Heineke's quarterback, and he quarterbacked yeah. last week. Uh, you know, I, here, that's why I don't trust them to cover the three necessarily. I can see the Bears win by a touch, but I can see the Bears being up by 10 or 12 or 14 points, and they, they are in the same freaking position they are every week about po- possible chance to lose or lose the game. That, that's that's the problem. They get a little bit too lethargic in a way, and part of it's maybe Fields' fault holding the ball too long and stuff like that. I don't know. You can put the blame on everybody. You know, sometimes it's yeah. not just sometimes you, it's not just one thing. It's like they're all bad, you know, and that's what I say about I would tell you this. They got a good special teams. They got a good defense right now. Fields will pick his spots. I'm going to take the Bears to win by 10 points in this game. I think Atlanta's a fraud. I think their coach is probably outside of the guy that was in L.A. Uh, Smith is one of the worst coaches in the game, and I think he'll be replaced, talking about guys getting replaced. One thing the Bears don't do well is cover tight ends, and it wasn't just Najoku. It's been all year. They're like the fourth or third ranked against tight ends. He's good, the guy they got. And so I think that Falcons do have tight ends and Johnny Smith and Kyle Pitts that should be able to open up the game for the Falcons. Enough to cover a teaser leg. Three, okay. it's a good number. I think I think three is a pretty good number in this game, personally. I a think lot it's of threes a good this week. A lot of threes. Uh, Panthers, Jags. Jags minus seven, total 38. I played the Panthers, Mike. It's an ugly play. Sometimes you got to hold your nose a little bit in this industry and uh, make those tough bets you don't really want to watch. But in this case, I think it's the right number. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, there's something wrong with him. Now, his AC joint's bad enough, so he's got a bad ankle, bad AC joint, and a bad head. The, the dude should not be playing out there. And if C.J. Beathard's in, this line drops to four. You know, the, the Jaguars are terrible on defense. They're beat up. They have their two best receivers out. Zay Jones might be back, but Kirk was better. You know, they have a lot of issues here on Jacksonville. And you know what the Panthers are playing? They're not playing for a draft pick because they have to give it to the Bears. They're playing to not be the worst team in the league. I can see some effort there. You know, they don't want to be the worst. No no player, no person wants to finish dead last. And so I can see some effort from Carolina. This spread's too big. I'm taking the Carolina Panthers. I covered with Carolina getting four and a half last week. So uh, they came back, and they and Str- uh, Stroud did well. Um, I'm not Stroud Young. Mm-hmm. Young did well. Or is it Stroud? I get them mixed up. It, no, it, it, Stroud wasn't playing for the Texans last week. Uh, that's, that's right, Young. Yeah, Young, Young was playing. Is, yep. uh, I thought, I, I you know what? He's he looked he looked like he's starting to come around a little bit. I'd probably take Carolina. They're still playing very very hard. They're playing hard football. I liked what they did last week. They came back. They were down by fourteen and they almost won. Yeah, Jacksonville is now. There's the old joke: two blondes. Two long-haired blondes involved with the NFL with mediocre talent, Trevor Lawrence and Taylor Swift. <laughs> That's a new Whoa. joke, not an old one, Mike. Hey, I'm supposed to wait a minute. Hold on for a minute now. I walked the floor, ladies and gentlemen. I'm being told. I'm going to tell you guys something, and I want you to sit down and all listen, okay? I'll give you the people I've seen live, okay, in my lifetime. Sinatra, Elvis Presley, Madonna. Elton John, okay, the Rolling Stones, okay, Cher, all right, I'm supposed to get enamored with Taylor, 
God bless her for the for you younger folks if that's what you want. <laughs> I seen the greats. I seen the greats, and I'm supposed to get enamored. That's my point. God bless her. Who's her competition? Who's her? I've seen them all. Ario Speedwagon. Bachman Turner Overdrive. Some people are going, who the hell are these for? Bachman Turner Overdrive. Come on. Uh, all right. And then she comes and she puts that number 87 <laughs> add-on, and the rest of the team goes to hell. Well, I hope you listeners they, out they, there can How she- can they blame that poor girl? <laughs> I never. My wife went to every one of my sporting events. I never blamed my wife for one loss, ever. <laughs> Hope you guys can shake it off uh, for what Mike said right there about Taylor. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to the next game, the Titans versus the Texans. The Texans are minus four and a half. You're killing me, my friend. Total 43. Uh, you know, I, I took a bad number on this. Um, normally, I'm the right side of these moves, at least 70%. The Texans screwed me last week. I'm not touching them. You know, the... The Titans love doing this. They try for Vrabel. Vrabel's that kind oh, of coach oh, to keep yeah. him motivated. They, they bust the ra- he's a heck of a coach. He is. He, he doesn't have Mike much to Vrabel, work with, but they traded their they trade their guys away. Uh they're they're getting healthier. And Stroud is could be a little rusty coming in, but this is a division game still. They're playing for dignity. Vrabel's going to keep them in this game. And to be honest with you, Tannehill's he's he's probably better than Will Levis still. You know, Will Levis might be better at some point. I agree. Point. I think I agree. Uh, if it's Tannehill, I'm even more happy with it. I took a three and a half. It's at four and a half. I would. I, I would give I it out it. at four and a half right now. I think it's a wonderful. I love it. I love it. I I love Vrabel. I love him as a coach. I don't care. They they're always ready to play. They don't have the greatest talent. That guy is it's been one of the guys that fell off the Belichick tree that's done well. Steelers, Seahawks, Seahawks minus three and a half, total 41.5. Uh I, I Mason Rudolph got lucky last week. His receivers were open. It was a big spot for them. I lean the Seahawks. I want to wait to see if this goes down to three. I think there's going to be some fantasy Steeler money coming in. Now they're going to say Mike Tomlin is a dog. Mike Tomlin only finishes above eight and eight. You know, all that. But at the same time, Mason Rudolph is not a good quarterback. Uh, he, I've seen him for years. He, he kills a better coach than Mike Tomlin. Period. Yeah. I think. I, Mike Tomlin's been to the Super Bowl once. He had Big Ben. Okay? You had Big Ben. You went once. Okay? There was other good quarterbacks, Brady, other, but you couldn't get over the hump. You won one, like a lot of coaches, like Brian Billick and other guys. You know what I mean? So, in my opinion, I like Seattle. I, I'm a I'm a Pete Carroll guy. I listen to Big Band. <laughs> Let me tell you, he's going to put his jazz mark. You want to get rid of all the protesters in New York? Put up loudspeakers, okay, and play some play some Benny Goodman. They'll run for cover. <laughs> Man, there's a there's a really funny uh, TikTok or something about that. Uh, I'll I'll send it to you after. Oh, the show. <laughs> let me tell you something. Hey, part. Look, they're all with the signs. They're all marching down Madison Street in New York. They're all, all of a sudden they hear, I don't care who's marching. Pardon me, boy. Is that the Chattanooga? They're running. They don't want to. They don't want to listen to that crap. Michael, Michael, be out there with a bag of popcorn, my friend. Oh, big band, <laughs> big band, Mikey. Let's move on to the Bengals Chiefs. Uh, unless you're playing. The, the Seahawks, I didn't. I don't know if you're. I'm leaving that one alone. Oh, for I, now. I would play the Seahawks. Okay, absolutely. Let's, let's, let's wait to see if we get a three. I think. I think a three. I mean, couch change at least. I mean, that's just the way it is. 
I think a three is going to pop for us, my friend. Uh, that's what I'm. That's what I'm hoping for. Bengals Chiefs. Right. Chiefs minus seven. Total forty four. I don't know why these Chiefs keep being such big favorites. Now I know it's the Bengals. The the Bengals hate this team. The Bengals are pissed at them. They play play hard against the Chiefs. And is it Joe Burrow? No. But the rest of the team remembers them. The rest of the team remembers losing the AFC Championship game. I didn't play the Bengals. I think you're going to get seven and a half. I think you might even get eight or better at this game. Everyone's just waiting for the Chiefs to do something. Well, they're not. Matt Nagy's there. So figure that one out yourself. I'm going to tell you this. Um, the people that think that it's Taylor Swift's fault are wrong. But the, the people that think that she's not a distraction are, are wrong, too. I come from 85 Bear Country. Okay? Whether you're doing State Farm commercials like Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, while, or, or whether you're uh, the tight end doing uh, uh, commercials for, for everything from Viagra to Pfizer, okay? And you're Taylor Swift with the number. Of, these are distractions that take down great football teams eventually, okay? And, and, and that's what happened with the Bears after 85. Everybody doing commercials. Mike Ditka, McMahon, Fridge Perry. Just the whole, it became like who's doing what? Their mind got off the game. And that's what's finally happening, plus a lack of talent. I mean, the one thing I have trouble remember, figuring out is how did they win last year without Tyreek Hill when they need him so badly this year? Oh, they got two gifted flags on the final two games on, on penalties True. that were happening the whole uh, the whole game. Not called holding. and clear. The refs loved them, and once Mahomes insulted them this year, can't even freaking win a game, and, and, that's, and, and that's what's been happening to them. I'm I'm staying away from the Chiefs. I'm not even using them in a teaser leg. Yeah, I, I, no, I, this is no play. Yeah, I, th I think that if this gets any higher, I'm just going to have to bet the cheap, uh, Bengals based on principle. Uh, Chargers, Broncos, and now this is so funny. I, I saw this tweet when I was on my walk, and I'm like, what? They're, they're not starting Russell Wilson? Because I never thought that much of Jared Stidham. Apparently, Sean Payton does dislike Russell Wilson. And you know, I, I love the fact he's a former Badger, but he's fell off the watermelon wagon a long time ago. He, he His distraction with Hollywood and Sierra, and uh, it, it, got, it, it got to his head, too. And he's done. It he's did. finished. He was one of the greatest competitors. I saw him at NC State. Then he went to Wisconsin, become yep. captain of the team in his fourth year. Goes to the Rose Bowl. I loved him at Seattle. I, I'm sad what happened to him as far as him being a an all-time great quarterback. He was right around the corner, and he then he close. met that uh, girl. And, uh, well, here we go again. I mean, I'm not blaming her. He went Hollywood. I mean, you just saw a difference in him. And I'm happy for the guy if that's what's going to happen. But his career NFL, not for long. That's yeah. what that means if you keep this up. He made his money. Don't feel sorry for yeah. him. He made his choices. Oh, yeah. But, but and, he's and cut. He's cut. People. And they're going to take a couple cap hits for it. Now, it would be worse if it's after March. But they're smart. Because he – you don't know what this dude's going to do, what his agent tells him to do. Maybe that back injury – Maybe he overplays that a little bit. You, you got to take him out before anything. You don't let him practice. Uh, you, you put him on a shelf. You, you know, you, you put him in pads or whatever. Uh, he's cut. He's going to be cut after the season because nobody's going to trade for him, and, and they would have to take a massive – the Denver would be paying a massive yeah, part of the salary. It, I, I don't think anybody it. wants him. I, I think he's done. And uh, he's he, he used to be better when he was uh, a little bit more of a threat with his legs too, and he's not. He's slow. He's re he's really slowed down. He's um, not as elusive. But not this elusive. but this line going from six 
down to three. This is getting a little bit too much because the step down from Wilson to Stidham isn't that much. It's a point maybe. So now I'm starting to look towards Denver a little bit in this situation. Now, I would too. I would too. I don't think Stick's that good. I I know they kind of fraudulently covered that against Buffalo. How many quarterbacks are good? You got nothing but backup quarterbacks. It's a college, more of a college quarterback league now. The days of Elway, the days of Marino, the days of the pocket passer, the Brady's. These guys are the minority now. It's about the running quarterback. And by the way, people say, well, running quarterback can get hurt. A lot of your quarterbacks, including Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, that can roll and do things, they've been hurt inside the pocket this year. So if you're a pocket quarterback, you can get hurt as easily as running uh, with the ball. So it's just a bad quarterback league, the totals right now. Well, it's a bad league because they they, they only call defensive holding and defensive contact 10% of the time. The the NFL thinks they're protecting quarterbacks with the rule, yet they don't call the most important thing to put points on the board. You protect the quarterback. This is one of the lowest scoring years we've ever seen. It's because you're letting ever, you're letting ever. you're letting them do the same stuff when Tampa Bay and the Ravens were winning in the late '90s, early 2000s. They're holding the whole time. Yeah, it's like yeah. You, you call that so the defense stops it. Not only will a quarterback get rid of the ball first and get hit less, you're going to score more points. Everybody's happy, but for some reason, this set of officials do not call that, and no. that's why you're seeing all these injuries and terrible quarterback play. In this, yep. in, in this league, the worst I've seen in 20 years. Worst I've seen in a very long time myself, my friend. So good stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm going to lean to the Broncos. Um, I'm going to keep watching this Me a little too. bit more. I think it might go back up to three and a half, but uh, this could be your window. Um, uh, the, I, I, Sean Payton is just a good coach, and the Chargers now. Great coach. And the Chargers now, you know, they, they kind of got back after that disgusting Raiders defeat by covering the spread. They're toast this year. I kind of like uh, I, I kind of like the Broncos here with a new uh, I think Great. the te- teams are going to be fired up too. Uh, Packers Vikes Vikes minus one and a half total forty six. This is the last game. What do you got? I'm, I'm going to let you go first on this one. I'm going to go Minnesota. I'm going to go Minnesota. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a Jordan uh, Love guy. Uh, I think that Green Bay is hit or miss. Lafleur is a good coach. I'm not taking nothing away. Uh, but uh, I'm going to go with the, uh, with the other guys. I'm going Minnesota, too. It's a lower confidence because uh, Vikings pushed TJ Hawkinson and uh, DJ Wunham, one of their offensive linebackers, on IR. So a little banged up. But they did get Jefferson back. Looks like Addison should play this game. Uh, I like Ty Chandler. I think he's better than uh, their, back, their other court running back there in Alexander Madison. Uh, I, Nick Mullins, yeah, not a great quarterback, but at the same time, neither is Jordan Love. I did okay I, last week. Yeah, he did okay. I don't think Jordan Love is uh, a, a starting quarterback. I, I think I don't. I, I, I'm just telling you, man, I'm not a big fan. And, and Jari Alexander, now he's suspended for the game for some boneheaded thing he did last week by going to the, uh, by pretending he's a captain and deferring or doing whatever he did. I, I don't understand what that was all about. But now he, <laughs> he's their top guy and he's suspended. It's like, seriously. You know, I didn't it, hear it, that one. It's great. It's funny. And, and they can make the playoffs and they just suspended their top guy. Yeah, look it up, man. It just came out like probably half an hour before we got on. Yeah, man. I did hear it. Oh my God, it is comical. It's almost like he, he almost say we're going to take we're, we're gonna take be on defense for both halves he almost did it, it, you read about it but yeah it's it's a little short i think the vikings win this game i think the vikings defense is better than it has been i think the packers defense is absolutely atrocious and i don't like love on the road you know it's a it's a good situation agree here. with you yep let's take the vikings my friend but that's all we have mike and man me and you always talk a long time but i love I'm it exhausted. because <laughs> 
take a nap after this. No. Uh, where can you have you have the best shows out there? Where can our listeners find your? Well, we got media? the odds a couple of times. You buy podcast at AM one thousand uh, app or AM uh, Chicago uh, app, uh, ESPN one thousand, ESPN Chicago, and then Saturday morning I'm on live uh, in Chicago eight to nine with Carmen DeFalco, and then I do a show and I'll be on tomorrow. Uh, at 10 o'clock, uh, called the Mike North Presser, uh, which is on uh, uh, right here at North to North, NORTH, number two NORTH, in which uh, I take all the questions. We talk bear football for you Chicago Bear fans from around the country. Doug. That is. Mike's the best out there. Mike, thank, thank you, you so much again for coming on. I hope Appreciate you and your family it. have a wonderful new year and a happy holiday season. You too. Go with some money, you rascal. Go Bears! Always a great time when Mike comes on. But now it's time for our Refuse to Lose teaser that lost last week. Bringing it to 11-5. and five. So I think we're still good for, obviously, a return on investment. But we want to keep winning. So we're going to go with what I talked about earlier. I'm taking Cleveland down to minus one. I just think that uh, they're going to win. I'm not so sure they cover. I kind of like the Jets from a cover perspective. I think it's an ugly game. It feels like a 9-3 to three type situation i'm not completely sold them i take the jets yet i'm gonna wait a little bit do a little bit more uh digging on it but leaning the jets but either way i'm taking the falcons to nine you know uh bears are just a team that can't hold a lead and that's just not what good teams do um i think the falcons are a better team than the bears by a little bit yet they're three-point dogs in soldier field that almost makes me look towards the falcons a little bit as well but i have no problem taking them up to nine with the cleveland browns to minus one gonna do this teaser for three stars freaking niggas every way like mj all right my friends now it's time for the sharp side of the force Drive Side of the Force is brought to you by BetMGM. For an up to $1,500 bonus, please visit this podcast description. Click on the link. Terms, conditions, and location apply. As of Wednesday, we have sharp money on Rutgers. Plus 5 to plus 2.5 versus Miami. 80% of the tickets and 87% of the money. Actually, this is more pick'em in some areas too, so I don't know why it shows plus 2.5. Uh, next, we have NC State plus five down to plus two and a half versus Kansas State. 73% of the tickets and 83% of the money. Short money in Kentucky plus seven and a half versus Clemson. Uh, this one's down to five. 63% of the tickets and 89% of the money. And short money on Wyoming plus 1.5 to minus 3.5 versus Toledo, 91% of the tickets and 94% of the money. Sharp totals, SMU versus Boston College under 50.5 to 47.5, 88% of the tickets and 95% of the money. Sharp money in Oregon State versus Notre Dame under 46.5 to 41.5, uh, 71% of the tickets and 86% of the money. Sharp money in Auburn versus Maryland under 48.5 to 46.5, 60% of the tickets and 83% of the money. Sharp NFL, week 17. Texans, minus one to minus four and a half. Hosting the Titans, 55% of the tickets and 92% of the money. Sharpman, the Giants, plus six down to plus 4.5. Hosting the Rams, 43% of the tickets and 64% of the money. Uh, sharp totals. You have the Jets versus Browns, under 40 to 35. 69% of the tickets and 89% of the money. Uh, Lions versus Cowboys, over 51 to 53.5. 48% of the tickets and 
97% of the money. Patriots versus Bills under 45, down to 40.5, 78% of the tickets and 98% of the money. And Steelers versus Seahawks under 45 to 41.5, 33% of the tickets and 48% of the money. One more, Monday Night Football, Packers versus Vikings over 44.5 to 46, 91% of the tickets and 99% of the money. My friends, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Had a wonderful year with you guys. I hope you guys had a wonderful year as well. I also hope you have a very happy new year. Enjoy the weekend. Be safe. Enjoy all the games and go get some winners.